Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to the Warrant Committee meeting for October 20th, 2022. Um, I'm Dave Humphreys, the chairman of the Warrant Committee. At this time, I'd ask Emily Cavalier, our secretary, to please uh, conduct a roll call of those present. Tonight we oh. Tonight we have President Thomas Caldwell, Jareem Langless, Jay Funling, Lori Connolly, Allison Gagnon, Stephen Rhines, Steve Geister, Kristen Kosiel, Judith Steele, Amanda Serio, Emily Cavalier, and Dave Humphreys. Great, thank you. Um, Kristen is with us by way of Zoom, pursuant to our uh, rules. We have to have at least eight people in person for a quorum when we have a Zoom meeting. We have enough people, so we have a quorum. So I will call this meeting to order. Uh, we, have we have our agenda items that are on, that were posted. <coughs> Tonight we have with us Mr. Nick Milano, the new town administrator, um, who has worked very hard uh, on the articles that we're going to consider today, as have uh, the various boards in town, specifically the select board. Um, we should recognize the hard work that everyone's done as the representatives of town meeting here on the Warrant Committee. Uh, it's important to keep that in mind. And then I would ask us all as we proceed through these the conversations that we have to keep in mind uh, that we're all citizens of this town. We are all neighbors, if not friends. And we should be courteous and kind to each other. Okay? So I'm going to ask Ms. Mr. Milano uh, to start pr presenting to the Warren Committee the, uh, the articles that are germane to him in the departments of the town. Which one would you like to start with, Mr. Milano? Uh, thanks. Um, Tim Zerwinski is here in the Zoom, so if we could start, let him present his and um, not his, but the article he's working on, um, that would be great. Excuse me, it's not, Tim's texting me that they're having people at home take here. Let me just go grab them. I can hear you now. 
chair. Tim, you should be able to share now. So I, I'm actually not on my laptop, unfortunately. Um, so I, I'm, I, I don't have the uh, the capability to uh, to share those two documents. Um, does everyone have the plans um, that I, I sent in uh, earlier this week? Yes. No. I don't have them. What article? What article are we on? Number four. I couldn't make any sense of it. So. I did see the maps of it. We got a thing of the maps, right, showing. Yeah. I don't have my yeah computer with me. Thank you. Is it possible to put them up on the screen? We're working on it. One of you has them can email them to me. I, I don't have access to them, but I can share them very quickly if somebody who has received them via email sends them over to me. Apologies for this. Okay, can you send them to me? I attempted to. Okay. Uh, it's this one. I think I did the Oh, he's talking about the. Oh, I don't. I didn't remember the big number. Yeah, I haven't. What's the email address? You're on the ball. I, I did not see this. Thank you. Yeah, there is some like that. Paper. Well, I, I'm a big paper waster. <laughs> no, I've seen that. <laughs> but I was asking you to print stuff out. Too. Just ask him which document he wants me to share. Okay, Tim, which document would you like Nick to share first? Um, so there, there should be a larger one that um, is basically the, uh, the, the, the final or the most recent site plans. It's multiple pages. That, that might as well be the, the, the first one. Um, I, I don't recall the exact sheet, but if you if you start to scroll through that document, um, it, it'll suffice just to show kind of what the basic um, parameters of the project are currently. Um, so once everyone is kind of situated with that, I can I can start to go into a little bit of uh, explanation of, of what we're doing here. Yeah, so maybe maybe the the flip through the pages a little bit because this is the existing conditions right now. Uh, maybe this is this this one is fine. Um, it'll 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 suffice by way of explanation. Um, so is is it okay for me to get started? Uh, yes, Tim. But first, for the record, what we are talking about now is what is on the draft warrant as article four 
So our discussion now is going to commence with regards to Article 4. I'm just going to read to, to see if the town will vote to authorize the select board to grant a general access easement of USC LLC, a Massachusetts limited liability company, and its successors and assigns and owner of an adjacent parcel. There's a parcel number of the town of Milton's, assess, town of Milton's assessor's map, etc. Um, thank you, Tim. You may proceed. Uh, thank you very much. Um, and, and just for folks um, who, who don't know, uh, my name is Tim Zerwinski. I'm the Director of Planning and Community Development. Um, thank you very much for having me, given the opportunity to, to walk through this article. Um, just by way of a little bit of a history lesson, um, this article is here pursuant to the Board of Appeals review of a uh, comprehensive permit project at 728 Randolph Avenue. Um, I don't know how closely folks have been following this. We've been reviewing it for the past six or so months. Um, this is a 40 unit condo project on, um, on the piece of land that you're looking at on this plan right now. Um, it accesses um, Randolph Avenue through a shared driveway. Um, there are three properties that share a driveway here, 718, 728, and 736 Randolph Ave. Um, what you're looking at is, I, I don't know if this is necessarily the utilities or the grading plan, but like I said, it'll suffice to show you the parameters of the project right now. You've got a, um, the, the, the condo building, you've got a parking lot, and then you've got the driveway that leads down to Randolph Avenue. Um, that driveway currently serves three single family houses. Um, as I said, each of those parcels has rights to that driveway. And so what this project is proposing to do is to, you know, effectively put 40 condominium units worth of traffic onto that um, that driveway. Um, we've been reviewing this project, the Board of Appeals, town staff, the Board of Appeals has retained um, engineering and design peer review experts to assist them in their review. And truly one of the one of the, the primary sticking points of this project in terms of the physical impacts, the environmental impacts, the safety and traffic impacts uh, relate to the use of this shared driveway. Um, if, if you ever go by the site, you'll see the topography leads upwards from Randolph Avenue to the back of the site. Um, requires a significant amount of regrading, um, a significant amount of widening of that driveway in order to accommodate the traffic safely. Um, it requires adjustment and regrading of one of the adjacent parcels existing driveways that gets to the shared driveway. Um, and, and this is all before we even get off the site. Um, as everyone is, is probably and, and unfortunately aware, Randolph Avenue Route 28 is, um, is one of the most challenging, um, to say the least, roads that we have in town um, from a traffic safety perspective. Um, speeds are very high, volumes are very high. Um, it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough road to get on and off of um, in, in you know, normal single family you know, conditions. And the, the prospect of putting that additional traffic onto Randolph Ave um, is, is again, very challenging. Um, one of the most challenging aspects is that driveway is just a few hundred feet north of a signalized intersection at Randolph Avenue and Reed Street. So, um, you know, you, you've got this condition where, you know, potentially you've got cars that are either, 
you know, racing through a yellow light or, you know, not expecting that amount of traffic to come out of a driveway. This is, this would be, you know, at this point, the only multifamily building on Randolph Ave in this stretch. Um, and, and so everyone has really agreed that it's, it's not an ideal condition. Um, relatively early on in the review process for this project, um, we, we kind of explored the idea of if you see on the right side of this plan um, where the, the property line kind of curves, the property has frontage on the dump access road. Um, for, for folks that aren't familiar, when, when Granite Lakes Golf Course was a dump, um, this was the road that got you up into the dump um, to, to dump garbage or whatever it is that you would dump in the dump. Um, no longer used for that purpose. Um, there's golf course access, but it is not public access to the golf course. Um, National Grid has a station that has access off of this access road. These are really the only folks that are using this road. Um, and if you'll note, um, it's, it's gated at Randolph Avenue. So um, it's, it's a town-owned driveway, but it is not a public way. Um, we explored the concept of, well, what would happen if this project were able to get its access, not from that shared driveway, but from the access road? Um, and this has a number of benefits. And um, if, if we can switch the, um, the diagram to that second document, there's a one page document that I sent that has, um, or it actually may be two pages, um, but it's the sort of alternative options document. Um, and, and what this document shows and the, the, the actual kind of layout and site plan is not really crucial right now, but Suffice to say that, you know, we asked the, the applicant to explore options for, you know, what would happen if you were able to get access to the access road, and that was how you got all of your vehicular traffic in and out. Um, and, you know, you, you see a kind of a concept here where the, the driveway and then there's a, a subsurface uh, garage under the building, you know, both of those have access to the access road. There's, there are other options where there's a single point of access. That's not important right now, except to say that um, the, the applicant's engineer, um, town staff, myself included, DPW, police, fire, and the Board of Appeals um, engineering and design peer review experts all agree that um, these options represent a, a superior site plan um, in terms of the location of the building relative to abutters, in terms of the orientation of the parking lot, in terms of the amount of regrading that has to happen in order to accommodate uh, the program of the site. Um, and, and then, you know, getting into the traffic safety component of things, uh, rather than using that shared driveway, which is unsignalized onto Randolph Avenue, you would be putting all of that traffic in and out um, at that signalized intersection at Reed Street and Randolph Ave. Um, much safer condition, um, you know, for, for folks that are that are coming in and out of the site you have the, the benefit of that signal, um, you know, accommodating traffic, letting people in, letting people out. Um, you're not darting out into oncoming traffic. You know, everyone is stopped when you need to get out and need to get in. Um, it's, it, it really is a, a better site plan. Um, the, the, the problem that we encountered when we analyzed this option was um, because the access road is not a public way in the sense that can't nav or Walnut Street or Cheever Street or Brush Hill Road are town ways. Um, if, if you were doing a project on any of those town ways, all you would need to do is apply to uh, the Department of Public Works for a, a driveway permit 
um, to, to get a curb cut and to get a driveway. That's what public ways are there for. They're there to give people access you know, to the roads. Um, this is not a town right of way. It is a town owned driveway. Um, you know, the analogy that I use is kind of like the driveway that leads to town hall. Um, it's public, it's owned by the town. Um, people can drive in and out. But if either one of the churches wanted to, you know, do a curb cut and, and connect to it, you know, via their own driveway, um, that's not something that they would be able to do uh, without a specific easement uh, granted by the town. Um, the select board does not have the power to grant an easement over town property. Um, they can accept easements, they can't grant them. Uh, that power is vested solely in town meeting. Um, the easement is the property right. It gives, um, it gives people the, you know, the ability to uh, traverse over a piece of town owned property. And so you know, it's, it's not in the same kind of degree of you know, disposing of a piece of town owned land, but it is the same type of thing in terms of granting a property right to people. Um, only town meeting can do that. And so um, it was a, a really, I don't want to say contentious, but a, a, a very spirited debate <laughs> at the Board of Appeals. Um, the, the board's position and quite frankly, the town's position was, um, you know, we should, we should pause this public hearing and give town meeting an opportunity um, to, to consider the issue of, of granting this easement. Um, the, 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 the public hearing was, was scheduled to, uh, to expire back in September. The, the applicant was, was pretty, pretty dead set on continuing you know, with, with the public hearing and having a decision by the Board of Appeals. They are amenable to this plan. Um, they, they prepared um, the, the easement plan. They've been cooperative. Um, but at, at first, they had wanted to sort of get their decision through the comprehensive permit process and then, you know, make an amendment based on, you know, whatever town meeting decided. Uh, we were able to, you know, talk them into um, keeping the public hearing open until after town meeting. Um, and so they, um, they agreed to do that. So that public hearing is still open. Um, it's continued until the end of January, pending a decision by town meeting to, uh, to, to either grant or not grant this easement, um, at which point, um, you know, depending on town meeting's decision, if, um, if, if they decide that um, this is a good idea and we wanna grant the easement, then the, the applicant will put together a more formal um, amendment to their application uh, with a fully engineered site plan, a little bit more worked up than the one that you see on the screen right now, um, which the board will have a chance to review um, for all of the implications on, on drainage and. And, and, and everything else that they've been reviewing all along. Um, if town meeting decides you know, not to grant the easement, then we're back to the original site plan um, that, that we showed earlier in the presentation. Um, and, and the board will have to make a decision whether it feels comfortable um, granting an approval based on that site plan on the shared driveway um, or not. And so um, you know, that's where we are. Um, my department, DPW, engineering department, um, we're all of the position that um, allowing this project to access the dump access road uh, yields a superior site plan, a superior project, a safer project, um, uh, uh, less impacts on the abutters, less impacts on on Randolph Ave, um, and, and and we think it's a good idea, and it's um, it's limited and targeted. Um, it's not an easement over the entire um, access road. It kind of ends at this parcel's property line. And um, you know we, we, we think that um, you know we would hope the town meeting would um, 
would approve the article and grant the easement so that we can um, we can proceed with this um, site plan option. So happy to take any additional questions that anyone might have. And, and again, thank you for the opportunity to present tonight. Thank you. Does anyone have any questions? <clears throat> yeah, uh, this is Steve Geister, Tim. Just a question on if, if we, if they build out, the developer builds out on the town road or the town access road, who pays for the cost for that? Is it the developer or the town? Making sure he can unmute again. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I was trying to be polite and mute myself, and then I, I couldn't unmute myself. So I guess I'll just stay unmuted uh, for the time. So um, we, we haven't had that specific negotiation yet, but it, there, it is understood that in the same way that they would have to build out their shared driveway under the current site plan, that um, they would need to build out the, um, the access road um, for the amount of, of length that they would use it, you know, to, to to, to suit their traffic. And so um, th that would not be improvements that the town would be on the hook for. Um, they, would be, um, they would be doing the paving and the improvements um, up until their, their driveway where they got on. And, and Tim, how about maintenance and ongoing snow removal, so on cost? Is that town or is that the developer? So we, um, we, we have not negotiated that uh, yet. Um, I, I don't have a great answer for you, um, but one thing that I will say, um, you know, relative to this this conversation is that um, we are in the process of um, we actually are, are hopefully about to sign a new contract with an owner's project manager. Um, we're in the process of designing and, and getting out to bid um, the uh, a new animal shelter, um, which will be on town owned property further up the access road from this project. And so um, in order to serve that project, um, you know, b before this 40B even happened, um, the town was going to have to improve the access road and, and eventually, you know, do all of that, you know, uh, ongoing maintenance in terms of plowing and, and repaving and filling potholes and everything, you know, to get up to um, that animal shelter. So, you know, relative to that sort of interim period, you know, when when this easement may exist and, and you know, and, and who knows, the animal shelter may get built before this project does. Um, you know, we, we're not really sure of that timeline just yet, but um, at some point, you know, the town is going to take the responsibility for, you know, the ongoing um, maintenance and, and clearing of that. Um, that's kind of always been the plan relative to the animal shelter project. Um, but, you know, in the interim period, um, th that'll be subject to negotiation between the town and, and the developer um, if, if you know, the improvements only exist up until this project you know, before the animal shelter is built. Thank you. And I see Kristen has a question. So, Kristen, I'm going to give you the option to unmute. Hi, how are you? Um, my question was, and sorry if this was already addressed, but to me, um, how are the abutters in support of um, this proposal? So we've been dealing primarily with um, with the abutter at, at 718, um, which is uh, north of the of the parcel. Um, the, the the abutter at 736 hasn't been participating very much in the public hearing. Um, that's not for lack of notice or anything like that. That 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 homeowner just hasn't um, really made their voice heard much. Um, but but that that abutter at 718. Um, 
I don't want to speak for him, but um, he has made public statements in the public hearing that um, you know he does support this plan um, and and would be again not putting words in his mouth. I'll let him speak for himself. Um, you know when the time comes. But um, you know he has been you know said that you know he's supportive of the plan. It would be. I, I think he would rather the project not happen, um, as, as many abutters to these types of projects do. But um, given the choice between the two options, he is supportive of the access road plan. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Tim, Steve Rines, just a quick question for you. You mentioned about the ongoing traffic um, on the road. So the question I have for you, you also mentioned that the existing driveway, which is proposal one, um, which shares with three homes or, or more that would have access. There's a stoplight just before that. My question is, is there any kind of traffic calming proposed if, we, if it opens up for the easement coming out? You've got, now you've got 40 units coming out, potentially times two cars in that unit, not exiting at the same time. Um, but is there a plan to address that with a stoplight or what kind of safety precautions have been discussed so far? So are you talking about with the, the current option using the shared yeah. driveway? The second one, if we if the easement, Tim, where you were talking about the, the access road? Yeah, so if, 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 if the easement is granted and the project can use the access road as access to its site, the, the traffic calming measure is the traffic light. Um, there's a traffic light um, at Randolph okay. Avenue and, Re and, and Reed Street. Reed Street is kind of it forms more or less a T intersection between Reed Street and the access road and Randolph Ave. Um, so we would, um, you know, we would work with MassDOT to kind of reconfigure that traffic signal to, um, to, to work for both Reed Street and the access road um, to give people, um, you know, the ability to, you know, for, 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 that, for that signal to give, you know, a red and a green signal, um, you know, for people using that. So, so that, would be, that would be the traffic kind of safety method, the, the primary one. Um, th th that option doesn't exist for the shared driveway, which, which has caused a lot of problems during the review. Thank you, Tim. I have a question. Uh, this is Jermaine Langless. Um, <clears throat> I wonder, so Highland Street, the street that sort of splits off of Reed Street, I know that when I go down Highland, when I come down Randolph Ave to go home, I go down Highland Street. It is difficult to traverse or get across the other side of the, the street because of you know the oncoming traffic. I wonder how this will impact all the other roads in addition to Reed Street. Um, if there will be any changes, like let's say that making that road one way um, because there's gonna be more traffic in, in general. Has this been taken into consideration? So b because um what you see on the screen right now in terms of the kind of the schematic site plan is really as far as we got in terms of analysis of these options, um, you know, simple because, um, you know, without the guarantee that they'd be able to get access to the access road, the, the developer is not going to take the time and spend the money to do kind of additional analysis. Um, they, they do have a, a traffic engineer on their team. Um, and I, I think that's actually a really great question. Um, you know, the, the, the primary, and, and I don't have the, the figures you know, at my fingertips right now, but you know, my, my recollection of um, you know the, the the traffic analysis and the projected traffic, you know, coming out of that shared driveway is predominantly you know people just getting onto Randolph Ave, um, you know, and, and and getting to that signal, um, you know, uh, at 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 
um, Reedsdale and Randolph. Um, some some going south, but you know, predominantly you know going up to that signal and, and being on 28. Um, we can certainly um, ask them to analyze um, projected traffic impacts onto Reed, um, Reed Street, you know, based on this, you know, if, if it is then possible to sort of go straight across Randolph Ave onto Reed Street, um, you know, we'll definitely want to take a look at that. Um, so th it's, it's possible that there's some impact, um, you know, but again, our, our goal, um, you know, in, in, in any project is, is to keep people on the main roads and keep them off. Um, you know, the, the side streets, everyone knows that cut through traffic is, is, is a big problem. Um, you know, 28 is a state road. We want to keep people there. So, um, you know, that's something we'll definitely keep an eye on. We'll ask them to analyze it. Um, and, you know, if we see that there's a, a kind of a, a disproportionate impact, um, then we can kind of look further on and see, you know, okay, what are the, what are the traffic calming measures, um, you know, and the kind of the, the cut through discouraging measures that we can take. Um, and, and, and then we'll kind of go from there. Um, but we'll, we'll definitely have them analyze that for sure. Understood. Uh, hi, Tim, this is Jay Fumling. So you said, you said that this was one of the primary sticking points. I, I wasn't entirely sure who this was a sticking point for. And then later you said, if this easement is not granted, the board will have to make a decision if they approve it. So are we being asked to decide in Article 4, and is town meeting being asked to decide something that will make this 40B more or less likely to happen? Or is this 40B going to happen and we're just deciding if it happens with the easement or without the easement? Um, so, Jay, it's a good question. And, and I guess what I'll say is, um, you know, it, the, the public hearing is still open. Um, the um, the review has kind of reached a point where um, there's no more iterating to be done. Um, you know, they've 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 kind of mitigated as many impacts as as the project can mitigate, and they've gotten that shared driveway to a, a point where where it functions as well as it can function while still kind of achieving the goals of of the project. Um, so the board hasn't gotten to the point of kind of making that ultimate decision of you know do we you know do we approve this project or is it possible to kind of further condition an approval to to make any changes that improve traffic safety um you know the the thing with 40b is um you know you, you ask the question is this is this project going to happen you know is town meeting asked being asked to sort of make a determination on whether the project happens i think ultimately on a 40b project the safest assumption is that the project is going to happen um, and, and it can either happen with conditions that are favorable to the town and, and favorable to uh, you know safety and environmental and, and other impacts or it can happen after a lengthy appeals process that will in all likelihood benefit the developer and, and kind of give them a relatively unconditioned project and so um, what I would say is, you know, if, if town meeting does not, um, you know, vote to grant this easement, what's on the table is, is you know, what the Board of Appeals and, and, and town staff and, and the board's peer reviewers, I think, would all kind of agree is, is a suboptimal project. Um, you know, whether the board makes the decision to reject it outright, um, which they're, it's their prerogative to do, or to put conditions on it that ameliorate, you know, what they consider to be some of the most, um, you know, difficult problems. It then becomes the 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 applicants' kind of move. Um, you know, are they going to appeal that decision to the state, or are they going to, 
go with it. Um, if the appeal goes to the state, um, the state in all likelihood is going to side with them. Um, so, you know, that's kind of the question is not whether or not the project is going to happen. I think the question is, is the project going to happen with with a, a more or less optimal site plan and access plan? Can I ask a, a, a unrelated follow up question, mostly unrelated? Uh, why don't we make this a public way? So um, th that is something that um, we, we, we talked through. Um, we recently went through a process of accepting uh, a new road as a town way at Woodlot Drive. Um, the, the timing of that, um, you know, is, is a, the, the, there, there's a little bit of a lengthier timeline because there's a state kind of mandated process of, um, you know, a public hearing at the select board and then a hearing at the planning board and then another hearing at the select board. And, you know, that timeline just didn't work out for this special town meeting. And then the, the other reason being that, you know, as I said, um, once something is a town way, then everyone has the ability to, um, you know, apply for a driveway permit to, to access that way. And so, you know, if you make the access road a public way, there's, there's not a ton of properties that front on it. Um, but the horse farm fronts on it, um, Granite Links fronts on it, there are other properties that front on it. And, you know, we as a, as, as a town staff, you know, hadn't yet kind of gamed out the implications of, okay, what if, you know, what if these guys can get access to this, what are we going to do? Um, so just rather than kind of, you know, dealing with the uncertainty of that, we wanted to do a kind of very targeted, very specific action that kind of achieved the goals that you know that were specific to this project and then you know put off for to a future date because again we're going to have a public facility at the top of this road um, in the form of the animal shelter we may want to go through the process of, of making the dump road a town way um, but you know again without sort of gaming out those possibilities you know in the timeline that we had for this town meeting we decided to go with a very targeted approach in terms of an easement Are there any other questions? Okay, there being none, um, thank you, Tim, for your presentation. We would like to have a discussion. Do we feel prepared to go to a vote? It looks like we're prepared to go to a vote. Okay, this uh, we do have a Zoom participant. So for purposes of the vote, uh, we're gonna have to do a roll call. Okay, the vote is going to be on the recommendation of the select board to Article 4 that we authorize to grant a general access easement. Okay, I'd ask the members to consider that what we're voting on here is your vote is your vote. We're voting on here is an easement, not on a 40B plan. But that's but your vote is your vote, and your reasoning is your reasoning. So, do we have a motion? <laughs> I recognize Judith Steele. Can I borrow your well, paper? Yeah, but you want to read it on here. Okay. I don't know. I make a motion that the town on Article 4, that the town vote to authorize the select board to grant a general access easement to the company mentioned um, and the successors and do I have to read the whole thing? I don't know. Does she have That's to read fine. It? So you make a motion yes. 
that we uh, approve the recommendation. Yes, I do. Is there a second? Second. Thank you, Jay. Uh, Madam Secretary, would you call the roll? Do we need to ask for discussion first after the second? Do you know if you're supposed to? Any further discussion on the seconding? Right. Having been seconded. <laughs> okay. Thomas. Can I just clarify, is this a roll call, then a vote, or are we voting now? So we're voting. You're voting. Yeah, it's just that we have to do a roll call vote because we have a Zoom participant. Understood. My apologies. Uh, yay. Dream. Yay. Jay. Yes. Lori? Yes. Allison? Yes. Stephen Rhines? Yes. Steve Geister? Yes. Kristen? Oh, and let me just. Kristen? Yes. Judy? Yes. Amanda? Yes. And I am a yes. So I'm last. Thanks. And what I would like to do, um, I've talked to others. There's precedent for this, not to establish a precedent for anyone other than myself. It would be my intent in order to be able to speak for the Warrant Committee as chair to abstain from votes unless it's a tie. And then I would cast the tie-breaking vote and truly speak for the Warrant Committee. In such a case, I would draft a comment myself, so I abstain. Uh, it looks like uh, our recommendation is the Warrant Committee is to recommend to the town to vote in favor of the recommendation as put forth for Article 4. Thank you. That's how you would Thanks a lot, everybody. Good luck tonight. Mr. Milano, what sure. would you like for us to consider next? Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, Town Engineer Marina Fernandez is here to speak to Articles 2 and 3. And I will bring those up so you can see. She also prepared some. Everybody. I'm Marina Fernandez. I'm the town engineer. Thank you so much for having me here. I think this is the first time I've ever been in front of your uh, committee in person. Um, maybe I haven't even, have I been online with you guys? Maybe I think when I started. Um, so I'll be speaking about two, um, two articles today and uh, Mr. Chair, do you have a preference for which one I start? Whatever is your pleasure, please. Um, I will start with the lead service line uh, inventories and replacement plans. Um, so would that be Article 3? That will be Article 3, that's Thank correct. You. So I'll try to go in. In 1991, the United States Environmental Protection Agent, Agency promulgated regulations know, known as the Lead and Copper Rules under the authority of the 1974 Safe, Safe Drinking Water Act. 
The LCR, which is it's called, it helps protect the public health by regulating water suppliers on how to treat and control for lead. The lead copper rule revisions were finalized just this uh, past year in 2021, and it will start to require all public water suppliers, including us here in the town of Milton, to complete a full inventory accessible online by the public of services line connected to its distribution system systems by October 16, 2024. The Massachusetts Clean Water Trust and the Massachusetts Department of Environmental Protection is offering a program for lead service inventories and replacement to assist communities in complying with the lead and copper rule revision. The planning loan program will offer a 100% loan forgiveness for projects completing these activities. Um, this article um, is asking for the town to appropriate $300,000 for the purpose of financing the lead service line inventory, which will be a loan which we will take with the Massachusetts Clean Water Trust and as soon as we complete that, um, that program, we will be eligible, as long as we complete it within the two years, and as long as we start the program with, within six months of receiving the go-ahead from the um, DEP, we will uh, be able to uh, up, be eligible for the 300,000 loan forgiveness. So it's, it's a great opportunity. It, it's not a 100% um, certainty that we will get uh, the 300,000. There may be some back and forth between um, my department and DEP in working with the scope of work. Um, but with that being said, that's the short version. And if anyone has any questions, I know that some of you may. I have a question, please. So how will the town monitor that we're in compliance with the timelines that they have put in place so that we can you know, feel confident that we will receive our loan forgiveness? Um, so basically, I'll, I'll step back in and I'll explain a little bit what we're trying to do. If, um, Nick, do you mind not opening up um, the, the, the document that I create? Yes, there you go. So basically, we are not looking into replacing the, the lead services. We don't know where the lead services are at this time. Um, there's a lot of um, information in past construction projects that we have done years and years and years. Some are in some vaults, some are in people's minds. So what we're trying to do is bring that inventory and make it happen. Um, so the again, the information is all over the place. We will make that inventory. And that will be step one of that um, uh, document. So if you, uh, Nick, if you click on that first um, link, it will open up an Excel sheet, and that's the example that DEP is actually providing us uh, to show what, um, it's on your bottom left, there you go. Uh, that's what an inventory will look like. Uh, important for you to know a little bit of technicality is any, let, any service has two, what we think of it as two sections. We have the private section, and then we have the public section. We have a very good sense of what's in the public section of your service. 
We don't have a lot of that information in the public size, be, side because people have done work in portions of the lead service in this new copper rule, lead and copper rule says that there cannot be any pieces of lead. So even if someone has replaced a portion of that lead, that is not enough. The entire thing has to be done. Um, so again, we, this is not something we are inventing. The DP has been holding our hands and um, this program would, would help us um, get consultants in here and help us through the process, which is gonna take a lot of time our staff is already um, involved with so many projects. So if we can get consultants out here and help us through the process, they're doing it in other communities, they can help us here too. So that's where the $300,000 request is. Then step two, if you go back to that step two, we also need to do some sort of a validation. There are many different types of methods that we can validate whether or not the information that we have is good. Uh, we have limited field inspections. We can't be test pitting, um, digging every single lead service to be like, yeah, that's lead, that's not lead. We, it, it's not feasible. Um, so um, we would be using some statistical analysis and also there is a very good program that um, the um, DEP uh, has. We, we're signing up as we speak to have a web-based application. Basically, we are going to do a, um, we will be leveraging homeowners and tenants to take a picture of their service coming out of the house and there's a whole guideline how to take that picture and we are able to detect whether or not at least the, the service coming out of the house is that lead or not lead. Still, I cannot guarantee that if there is lead, well, I know there is lead, but if, even if I don't see that there is lead right at the house, what that service looks like in its entirety, if that makes sense. Um, so there's a, that's going to be step two, which is also part of, of the ask on the 300,000 is understanding how we're going to do some limited field investigations. And then step three is also put together an inventory um, that would be accessible online. And um, I, I love this example because I was working on it today and I realized that the house that I lived in Boston for a while does have lead service and scared me a bit. But um, that's the left service map. Um, it's available, Boston Water and Sewer has that going. <clears throat> you can search a home address in this, and Nick, if you wanna play, I don't know if you're able to do it. Uh, on the, there is a, uh, there is a button on, you know, there, there on top. You can, if you look for 10 Linda Lane, or Nick, maybe you wanna look for your address. You can find out if you have lead, and that's what we're trying to um, get here. So we're not there yet. There's a, there's a GIS portion in order for us to have this available in Milton, and that's what the ask is here today. Um, did I answer your question or no? I think you did. Okay. I mean, it was a general question, like how are we going to get there? track of yeah. all this to get there and make sure we make these timelines? So we need to provide that inventory. That spreadsheet actually needs to be handed to DP within two years of us starting the project. That is the deliverable. My understanding of the deliverable. The, the, and, um, the web map is not necessarily a deliverable, but that's something we really would like to implement here in Milton. Um, but even if the spreadsheet is available to the public, that's enough for DP. How easy is it to find contractors to do this kind of work for consultants? 
um, I, everybody here is going through the same thing. Yeah, so okay. we, I think the consultants are learning with us. There are several uh, consultants that uh, are, have been brought up to speed. This is not something new. The engineering community knew that this has been coming for a while. Mm -hmm. um, so everybody's been uh, reading up, learning their conferences. Um, build, there's been a build up in the community for this moment. So what happens with the funding if, if the town meeting funds the 300000 and we can't find a consultant until next year? Does that money get carried over, or I, I don't know how it works? We have to start once the, the we, um, we have to start with six months. So I'm actually working right now with a consultant in order to work on a scope that uh, we are happy with, that our department has been happy with, and it will bring us to that deliverable. So this is not something that I, I know we have been bringing someone up to speed and they're working with us. This is a question, uh, Steve Ryan's I'm a um, little familiar with this, but the question I have is to, I think you asked about the consultant, um, be interested, the consultants are going to be looking at what their success rate is in winning these funds. I think that would be question one. I've been working uh, with, um, it, I, I think that's a very excellent question, but I'm working with a, cons a couple of consultants that I know that have won the, the, um, this for a couple of communities. The thing is, and the reason why we are asking it now is because I'm afraid that this is a first come, first serve basis from DEP and there's $20 million. And the last thing I have heard from another consultant is that their client have been, has still been waiting. An application was submitted at the end of August. They're still waiting on it. I think that um, um, it, it, it's not more dependent on which consultant you pick as more to how much mo money is still available. And it, it, I have a feeling that they are waiting to see how many more applications they get before they, they spread out the money. That's my feeling at the moment. I appreciate that. Um, the, the second question I have, um, understanding that even in Boston, right, there's really limited information of what's underground for pipes, right? Some cases, they're wood still, and they're some in the 1800s still underneath there. Oops, sorry. Um, the question I have for you is, so we're going to ask homeowners to take a picture outside of that. Is that a risk in compliance for us, do you think? Um, how, because some may do it, some may forget to do it, or... No, we understand that some won't. Okay. Uh, and also we understand that someone takes a picture and there doesn't seem to be lead coming out of their house. That I'm not going to check them off It's it, that they don't have lead. It's coming into their they're, house, right? Yeah. Uh, they're, they're only, yeah. right. Yeah. They're only seeing what's coming in the house. There's yeah. a whole entire, yeah. I can't write them off. So there's a lot of... Um, I think I told Nick this, um, it's the knowns that you know and the unknowns that you don't, un yeah. I think you've all have heard that in the past. Um, it, it is not going to stop us from continuing to do the work that we got to do. It may just be that we end up with a lot more unknowns mm -hmm. and then we can just go out and check, out, check off the box. But I'd like to try and capture that if anyone does have lead services, uh, we, at least we capture that, and that is still, uh, you know, that's a red flag, and that might be the first ones. Uh, but again, this is 
you will hear more about this. Uh, I trust me, you will, because once every community has that inventory done, then the question is, how do we now replace it? Which is going to be, I think that I am not prepared to speak about that. I don't think anyone is. I think there's a lot more things that are coming down the pipeline. I think that once the EPA has asked this of communities, they also are thinking about how they can help us in the future. So I don't want us to feel powerless or um, I would like for us to continue going down that path, at least continue to do the inventory on time, ahead of time, and, and, and continue to keep us, our eyes and ears open for opportunities that will be down the line. I have a question. So this is for, the money is for the inventory and to create a replacement plan or only to do the inventory? It doesn't, I, knowing it doesn't include the work to be done, but the it's, plan. The, it's the plan, it, the it, inventory and the plan. And the like plan, it's okay. planning. Yep. Um, so it will give me the inventory for sure because that is one of my requirements. Um, I'm going to try to get the map, the mapping, ab. But again, DP may come back to me and say, I need to work on more communities, so I'm going to cut down your scope. My ask is, I'd like the, I, we're definitely doing the inventory. We would like to do some sort of a, a validation of our inventory. We would like to do the map. Mm -hmm. And then it, it goes almost without saying, once you know you have lead, you have to tell them how you're going to um, try and tackle it. Um, so so I, that's my answer to that question. I have a question. Is there, um, Lori Connolly, is there um, interest, I'm guessing, associated with this money since we're, the principal is forgiven? Will we have to pay interest? No. 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 It's 100% uh, loan lo forgiveness. The trust is an entity within the um, MassDP, this clean, uh, the water fund. Um, so basically, um, it's what it, it's called a Schedule C. First payment is, is after the, the second year. So there is an interim loan that the trust provides communities. So you wouldn't, we wouldn't be making our first payment until the second year, after two years. And at that time, uh, we expect uh, the loan forgiveness. So we, we should not be making any payment. Excellent. Great, thank you. How did you come up with 300,000 to do this? Is it Working with the consultant and understanding what we're trying to do, understanding the hours and um, how we wanna go about doing things. Um, this is a, this is, um, a conservative request uh, you know, on my end, because I'd rather be conservative and then use less. Okay. And we have a contract in place with this consultant or not yet? Do not, right. because um, it, we want to make sure that it went through here first. Yeah. So if this all gets approved through the town meeting for this to process, you did mention that um, there's a finite number of, there's a finite amount of money available in first come, first serve. What will happen if, even though we're in line, they cut off the line. Mm -hmm. Now town funds will be used for this because it's mandatory? We, uh, it's mandatory, but this gets us to where we wanna be in two years. We would, what it would likely happen is we would use our own town staff and it would take 
we, we're hoping, hoping to be done by, we have to be done by October 2024. No matter what. No matter what. And then uh, we might have a slightly limited uh, help from consultants. We might have to do some test pitting mm -hmm. on our own. Um, it's not undoable. It's very doable. Okay. But um, given that this is loan forgiveness, I'd, I'd rather have this available and then our staff can continue to focus on other things. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi, Jay Fumling. I have a question very similar to Jones, and I don't know if I'm asking you or if I'm asking Nick, but so if I understand the intent is to borrow from the state program? Correct. Okay, so I want to be sure what we're approving, because when I read this, this says we're approving the treasurer to borrow $300,000. And I didn't put this side by side with any other borrowing we've approved, but it sounds pretty generic. It talks about issuing bonds, things like that. So. First of all, it, it seems that we're saying the treasurer can issue bonds, not that we can go to the state program and get the loan forgiveness. And second of all, related question, I guess, is if, if the money runs out, as Joan said, will the treasurer then issue $300,000 worth of bonds? Um, no, that's a great question. Um, so the application that I want to apply in the state requires that we get this appropriation and, and vote in case that for some reason, Milton doesn't comply. We either don't finish it in time or I never send the inventory to the state. So if I, one of those two things don't happen, they will go after Quincy for the amount that we have taken the loan on. Okay. But if we finish within the timeline and we submit the inventory, then we will get the 100% loan forgiveness. So as a, I would say, um, assurance on their end that we have the, the appropriation and does that make sense yeah, I'll, I'll just add in just so this language was is typical of language um, for any borrowing so it is pretty standard template language it was reviewed by Lock Lord who is the town's bond council so yes this does give the town the authorization to borrow um, or the treasurer the authorization to borrow with approval from the select board in this case the loan would be from the Clean Water Trust. But yes, in theory, the town could issue the debt on its own and bring in the money on its own and pay back the principal and interest and debt service through the Water Enterprise Fund. That's not the intention here, but if you're asking what does the article allow, that yeah. is possible. Um, but it's template language, typical for borrowings, and specifically allows us to take a grant from the Clean Water Trust. Okay. So those are the unique differences about this article, but otherwise it's standard to borrow. So hypothetically, like Joan said, if the state program runs out of money, which I don't know if that's, that sounds possible. I don't know if it's likely. The treasurer and the select board could go to Wall Street and borrow three hundred thousand dollars without further town meeting approval. That is correct. Okay. Are there any other questions? Just one close question on the. So going through the inventory. Um, does two questions does the town own the software to manage that or to digitize that process and if so do you have the staff you mentioned having staff is stretched thin do you have the staff to support the conversion of that analog or picture into digital data that you can track so we have this information as a record you, you, you're referring to the map 
Yes, well, I'm assuming the map that, uh, yeah. something like ESRI to bring that information. We in. have a license. We have an ESRI GIS license. Uh, we have uh, Alan Bishop in our staff, our own in-house staff, that he's our GIS specialist. So yes, we can do everything um, in-house. But as you know, you know, Alan is stretched pretty thin, and this would be a long. There are other ways in which we can do that. We can take more. Maybe scans. interns um, and, and 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 do the the, the chugging along. So yes, we are all fully set up. This would all be um, hosted in house. Thank you. Are there any other questions? They're hearing none. Thank you for your presentation. Thank you. Would we like to have a discussion? There being no call for a discussion, I'd ask, is there a motion? I move to approve as recommended by the, uh, by the select board. Thank you, sir. Is there a second? Second. Madam Secretary, would you please conduct a roll call vote? Thomas. Yes. Doreen. Yes. Jay. Yes. Lori. Yes. Allison. Yes. Stephen Rhines. Yes. Steve Geister. Yes. Kristen. Yes. Kristen, did you vote? I hear you. Sorry, um, yes. Can you hear me? Kristen? Okay, I'll come back to her at the end again. Um, and Judy? Yes. Amanda? Yes. I am a yes, and I'll just come back to Kristen one more time. Kristen, if you'd like to vote. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you now. Okay, yes. Thank you, Kristen. All right, and. Thank you. So thank you for that. Um, it would appear that the yeas have it, and it would be the recommendation of the warrant committee that the town should approve the recommendation in support of Article 3. Could we please move on to Article 2? Yes, thank you. So Article 2, the, it's the sewer uh, infiltration and inflow INI removal program. Um, so just as a background, the, our system here in Milton is compromised of 95 miles of sewer. They range from 6 to eight, 18 inches in diameter. Um, and we have an, an estimated 2,900 sewer manholes. In order to protect its substantial, our substantial capital investment in sewer infrastructure, the town is taking a proactive approach towards operating and maintaining our sewer system. So yearly we conduct in investigations to identify infiltration and inflow in the sewer system. Extraneous water from infiltration and inflow sources reduce the useful life uh, of the sewer system. 
Infiltration basically enters the sewer system through defective pipes and joints or manhole defects. Inflow is the much faster um, storm events. They're rainfall induced um, and they come in through direct connections such as roof leaders, yard drains, catch basins, defective manholes, and sometimes actually connections done in the past without uh, proper supervision. According to the MassDP 2017 guidelines, um, and I quote, the mitigation of I&I by sewer system rehabilitation and inflow source removals combined with an ongoing operation and maintenance program is essential to protect the environment and significant capital investments in sewers um, by our towns and the Commonwealth. The Milton participates in the Massachusetts Water Resources Authority. This is where our um, wastewater is treated. Um, it, we participate in their INI removal program and we were just notified last month that the MWRA has made available to us, again, $1,150,000 in a combination of grant and loan distribution. This represents uh, the program phase 14. This is what they call. It's a 75% grant and 25% loan in the form of zero interest. So this is a great opportunity to do the type of work that we would like to do. And I just brought in a little prop. I don't know if I'm getting too technical on you guys, but um, if you have a sewer that has cracks and it's in the ground, what um, the industry standard is, we like to line it. So basically it goes in the pipe, if you have never seen it, it goes in very soft, like a, a sock. And then we cure, so we, we are cooking that liner and it hardens and it's a structural liner. So actually you get the, the structural life of, a, of the sewer back without having to dig, disrupt the traffic. Um, so when you guys see us doing the work out there, we may not necessarily be digging, but you have a brand new sewer on the ground. And, and that's what this blue liner is. And it also, I spoke about infiltration and inflow, and it stops that infiltration from going into the liner. So we are not paying MWRA to treat groundwater. So thank you. Are there any questions? I have one. So it sounded to me like you were saying that we get our money back. 75. 75. Um, are you familiar how the MWRA, um, they, they provide us all the money into our account, correct? So what happens is, because we do that, we've done that for, Several years in the past. Right. So yeah, this is a, an article that's normally in the annual town meeting warrant, but the program wasn't continued, so last June we didn't have one. But what happens is we have to authorize the full amount, the million one fifty, so that if there's any short-term borrowing along the way in the um, form of a bond anticipation note, that the treasurer has the ability to short-term borrow against the project. But at the end of the day, they reimburse us the 75% and we're on, you know, we have a loan of no interest of, I think it's 278,000 over 10 years. So the impact on the debt service hitting the general fund operating budget is minimal every year. It's 28,000 plus no interest. So it's less than 30,000. So we're, we have to do the work 
one way or the other. So this is a much less expensive way to do it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any other questions? There being none, I would ask, would we like to have a discussion? Not hearing a request for a need of discussion, I would ask, is there a motion? Motion to approve. Is there a second? Second. Madam Secretary, if you would. Thomas. Yes. Dream? Yes. Jay? Yes. Lori? Yes. Allison? Yes. Stephen Ryan? Yes. Steve Geister? Yes. Kristen? Yes. Thank you, Kristen. Judy? Yes. Amanda? Yes. And I am a yes. The yeas have it. Shall be the recommendation of the Warrant Committee with regard to Article 2. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Recommendation. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Milano, do you have a, another article that you would like to have presented? I'll step up for this. Amy and Anne Marie are here. Um, so the Article 1, which is the fiscal year 23 budget um, appropriation. And I do have a presentation here that I'll pull up just to run through what we're talking about. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm here to talk about the first article on your list, which is an increase to our fiscal 23 budget appropriations. Uh, we're recommending that we amend the fiscal year 23 budget by increasing the appropriation to the reserve fund by $388,670, which is the anticipated net new revenue to Milton received um, in state aid in the final state budget. So big picture, state aid is everything the state gives us to help us pay our bills, um, primarily Chapter 70 education aid. There's another big bucket, which is unrestricted general government aid, which is just general aid uh, to cities and towns. Um, Chapter 70 is comprised of a very complex formula that varies from town to town based on demographics and wealth. Um, unrestricted general government aid is more strictly accounted for on an annual basis. Um, all of our aid is offset by some assessments we pay the MBTA, um, we pay for something like mosquito control, so there are some small assessments that we um, go through. When we set our budget, we typically start out with where the governor's budget is, which is recommended um, at some point in January. And we take those numbers and we try to update them as the state budget goes through its process. So the House will then take up the budget, then the Senate, and then finally they all eventually agree, typically long after the budget should have been approved already, but they have their own rules to follow and we have ours. Um, so in this case, the state aid that we received in the final conference committee budget that was approved by the state, um, the legislature and the governor um, increased the aid um, above what was anticipated when the town meeting budget was set back in June. Um, total estimated receipts were up by about $500,000 driven primarily by 
an increase in the chartered tuition reimbursement, um, but as you'll see in a second, some of those um, education receipts can be offset, and that's what happened this year. Um, the new money was unrestricted general government aid, went up by $95,000, and the big one is state-owned land, which went up for by, to nearly um, went up by nearly $300,000. And these two categories, it's it's nothing Milton did. Um, the state legislature just increased the appropriation into those state budget accounts um, more highly than was anticipated. They put $10 million more in the state-owned land account, which means they paid cities and towns for our, a pilot payment, essentially, payment in lieu of taxes on their state-owned land in Milton. We have a lot of state-owned land, so that amounts to $300,000. So uh, we benefited greatly from these increases that were really unanticipated. As I mentioned, there are some offsets here. Sure. charter tuition? So there's two pieces to it. So I'll show the assessment first, which is towards the bottom, tuition assessments, uh, school choice sending tuition, and charter school sending tuition. So if a student, a Milton, who would be a Milton student, ends up in a charter school, the town's state aid assigned to that student follows the student. And Amy, if I'm misspeaking here, jump in. And then there's a, there's a formula by which to offset the impact to districts that have a lot of charter school students, the state then pays you back for, kid, for students who have left. So in a district like Boston, where there's a lot more charter school students, you see these, these are huge accounts that really affect their lines. Here in Milton, it's much less, and I don't know what the, where the students may or may not be going, but that's the charter piece of it is the aid follows the student, and the Chapter 70 system is set up so it's supposed to pay you back a little bit for when they leave. Okay, first off, I want to apologize. I didn't introduce myself the last time. So I'm Amy Dexter. I'm the finance director. Um, so I just wanted to add, because it's confusing, because Milton doesn't have charter schools. So it's a confusing concept, but it's mainly related to special education students that are placed out of district in a charter school. So it's not a parent chooses to send their child, and that affects these numbers. So when you take all, all the revenues um, and subtract out our assessments, that results in a delta and a revenue gain of $388,670. So as I mentioned, our recommendation is to put that into the reserve fund, which is the reserve fund. Um, so it's money we set aside, and money can be transferred out of it for extraordinary or unforeseen expenditures. And that is under the control of you folks on the Warren Committee. Um, so the Finance Committee of the town controls the reserve fund. Um, so a request for transfer out would come to this committee for approval. Um, as you can see, over the past few years, um, I just pulled in um, a little bit of history so you can see um, where that is. So we transferred out the full $250,000 last year. $200,000 was appropriated this year. Um, and the needs fluctuate, you know, sometimes snow and ice, sometimes in our Medicare tax, sometimes we pull out of for this. So um, that's just a little bit of a history on the transfers out of it. So the reason, oh, good. But in the years past, we didn't use it all. Is, it, is that still living in the reserve fund? No, no, that's a good point, and I should have caught that. So if any unspent dollars, unless it's appropriated by a town meeting for a different purpose, um, it closes out to free cash for the following year's free cash certification, just as if the Department of Public Works doesn't use all of its budget, its unencumbered money at the end of the year closes out to free cash. So it's so just another budget to, account. To the general fund? Back to the general fund and closes to free cash. So it can be spent anywhere? 
Yeah, as uh, out of free cash, correct. Been by the majority of us are very new to this process. No, yeah, good. No, I'm glad. And I was, that's why I. Free cash, I don't totally follow that either. But so, yeah. All of our excess revenues or unencumbered dollars, less any kind of um, adjustments that need to make at fiscal year, um, flow into free cash, which then can be appropriated by town meeting um, with a majority vote for basically any governmental purpose. Um, so money doesn't accumulate year over year. The money is appropriated in. If it's not transferred out, it closes out to free cash at year end. So the reason we're recommending the money go into um, the reserve fund, and this was the recommendation from the Select Board Finance Committee, and we had a meeting, two joint meetings with um, the school committee, sub, um, finance subcommittee, and the recommendation was brought to the Select Board um, to put the money into the reserve fund, is because the town and schools are on a natural gas supply contract that expires at the end of this month. Um, unfortunately, it's a tough time to be entering the global natural gas supply um, market. Um, so we've been in working with our broker who advises us on what next option, what next steps we should follow. And we're looking at um, prices that are about three times what we pay currently. We are paying $6.79, $6.49 a decatherm for just the supply portion of your bill. So um, National Grid charges us for distribution. Just like if you think about electricity bill, same thing. You have a supply portion and a delivery portion. It's the same on natural gas. So we um, had a broker and had direct energy for the past several years at $6.49 a decatherm. Um, our current, to extend for a three-year contract would have been um, upwards of $13 a decatherm. So more than double our price. Um, but based on the fact that natural, National Grid's um, basic service in, in November is anticipated to be approximately $10.50 a decatherm. Um, that's where we're going to do. We're going to leave the supply market, our own supplier, and return back to basic service um, and see where we go through the winter. So that price will likely increase each month a little bit, um, but we should be far below uh, where the supply market was taking us. And just to be clear, we're not we're not done with this. We'll we'll keep our ears open, and eyes open, see if there's an if there's a good price for us to jump at. But where things stand, we're looking at a significant increase in pricing. And I did throw up just to show you kind of a history of where our costs have been. Um, this is our usage. Um, as you can see, the past two fiscal years, usage has jumped. Um, that's driven primarily due to uh, the way we ventilate in the schools um, under an MOU with the teachers, but also to mitigate the spread of COVID. Um, the ventilation systems are open, which means the schools are a little bit cooler, which means the gas systems run more than they have in the past. So two drivers to increase costs on heating, um, not only usage, but also our supply rate. Um, so I'll leave it there and just to I did have one question from Jay um, last week and he mentioned it at the select board finance committee meeting about potentially putting this money into our OPEB trust um, because the intention was originally to appropriate $100,000 into the OPEB trust last year but um, that appropriation was reduced when it went to town meeting and while I agree um, it would be great to put that there uh, for the long term and we have a long term liability so OPEB is other post-employment benefits, essentially health insurance for retirees, 
um, that we are obligated to continue paying. It's a huge outstanding liability for all cities and towns, and we're all facing it. Um, we've been putting money in, an op in a trust to help mitigate those long-term liabilities. Um, and we're not going to get there at, with just $100,000 a year, but it's a good statement to make that we're addressing these long-term liabilities. And if we didn't have this heating issue, that's one place I would certainly recommend it go to. But I think right now we need to get through the winter, see where things where we stand in March and April, and go from there. So the recommendation that we're bringing forward to town meeting and to you folks is to um, put the money into the reserve fund. We'll come to you if we need it. Hopefully it's a mild winter, and maybe we won't. Um, but if we do, um, we'll have that option. And then if, um, like I said, it is a mild winter, we can have some conversations in the spring about um, other options long term. One quick question. Uh, is the usage expected to be the same this year? I'm not sure if some of the things have changed with this. No, my understanding is, as, as of right now, the plan is for those protocols to remain in place. Um, obviously, in light of this jump in our costs, anything that we can do to maybe um, reduce that while not affecting any of the protocols that people expect would be great, but um, as of right now, I would expect our usage to be more in line with the last two years than the prior five years. Are there any meetings that can be had with the Board of Health of Milton to kind of see if we can do anything to lower the cost, seeing how, you know, things have taken, steps have been taken back uh, for safety? Yeah, I, I would defer to the school committee on the agreements they have. Um, with their with their employees um, and I can and I, I know it's it's tough to see um, these kind of expenses um, but it the intention is to keep the air flowing and that comes at a cost in the winter so are there any other questions Jay yeah. as I said um, I'm new to this a lot of us are new to this we're still sure. learning how time finances work if this hadn't happened, if we didn't have any money, and higher heating bills came in, what would happen? We would have to start thinking immediately about, you know, estimating out what this increased delta will be. And at the ten dollars and fifty cents, about two hundred forty thousand dollars for town and schools. Okay. Um, the bulk of the usage is on the school side. The facilities are just bigger, um, okay. so it would be looking to those to the school budget office to think about you know what they're going to need to have left over as they get through the winter obviously you see those you see those bills on a month-by-month -month basis so you can it's not like it's four months from now you're going to get your one bill with oh my god what happened at three hundred thousand dollars but um, <laughs> it's something you can track on a month-by-month -month basis but it would be um, you know the reserve fund is there at two hundred thousand dollars would have been a limited amount but it would have been looking to look to your budgets first so if this you know if we approve this and five hundred eighty-eight thousand then what'll happen? You know, the winter will come January, February, around you know, sometime over the winter, someone will come to us from like schools and public safety and library and general facilities and say we need this much or So the plan right now and I we had a meeting this week with the department heads and I said just keep a close eye on your heating bills this summer this winter. We apprise them of the changes that they'll see. And I said just to track it and if it's impacting your budgets, let's have a conversation and then we'll consider going to the Warren Committee for a reserve fund transfer. So it, right now, it's we're going to see what the impact is. Um, it's nice to know there's this backstop if it's needed. Um, but um, we're 
we'll look to budgets initially. Um, no one can hear can. us whispering. So can I get, so if you're saying, I just want to make sure I'm understanding the numbers correctly. So if you're saying ballpark 240,000, would, that would account for the adjustment? That's at the $10.50 price that we're expecting National Grid will be at for mm -hmm. November. We're okay. expecting that number will, will tick upwards for each month thereafter, but okay. the starting price is that $10 price. Okay. Okay. So, so that's if it was the $10 for the whole winter, and it might be a little bit higher than that. It, we won't really know. They make these adjustments month by month. So it's like the uh, price for November hasn't been announced yet. It's just mm -hmm. in the DP, it's in the filings at the Department of Public Utilities. You have to go hunting for the information. Mm -hmm. right. So until it's truly official and public, that's just what they've filed for. So do you anticipate all of the money in the reserve fund being used for that? Or do you think that, are we saying that there's money going to be left? I'm just trying to understand the, the total the, amount right. that we're looking at. Right now. Yes, I, I don't have okay. a good answer. That's why, that's okay. why our, I've landed on the just rather than put, rather than take 30,000 of the 388 and put it somewhere else, mm -hmm. let's just put it aside, um, be prudent, put it aside in the reserve fund. If we don't need it, great. And we can uh, talk about that later. If we do need it, then it's it's there for us. Okay. Many departments had budget requests that weren't met last that last year, so I didn't think it made sense to start trying to fit in one or two small ones when we don't know the full scope of what our winter will look like quite yet. So there is a line item for utilities in each of the, the individual budgets, like the school and the police and fire. So the schools, yeah, the schools, their budget is, I can't speak to how it's broken out line by line, but on the town side, each, the library budget has the library utilities. Town hall, we have, a, have one here, so it's broken out that way. Are there any other questions? The chair hearing none. I will ask, do we wish to have a discussion? You're not hearing. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll just throw out. Uh, so I, I work for EverSource, and I have worked in the rates department. Uh, so I'll just defend my colleagues at, at the uh, at the rival energy company. That you know, when when we set you know when we set the price in November, the intent is that's for the full six months. That's that's their best guess. But you are right that it can change monthly, unlike electric costs. So. It's prudent for us to be prepared that it'll go up in December, January, February. The, you know, the best they can do right now is to say we think it's going to be this for the next six months. So, if anybody knows where gas prices are going, <laughs> you'll be a millionaire. <laughs> Anything further? Yeah. Chair will entertain a motion. A motion to approve. Is there a second? Second. Madam Secretary, please. Thomas. Yes. Dream. Yes. Jay. Yes. Lori. Yes. Allison. Yes. Stephen Rines. Yes. Steve Geister. Yes. Kristen. Yes. Thank you, Kristen. Judy? Yes. Amanda? Yes. I am a yes. And Dave? Thank you. 
Thank you very much. And obviously, if any questions that arise from this, open door, feel free to stop by. If you want to talk municipal finance, Amy and Marie and I are around, and we have plenty of time to talk that. So <laughs> please stop by. Um, and I know the budget season's starting, so feel free to take advantage of it. There's a seven, right? Okay. Yeah, but there's nothing in it. Okay. So we have Okay, so articles five and six we have to do tomorrow because we just missed our posting deadline with regards to those for open meeting. Okay? So that so then I I believe that that's the one remaining would be seven. Okay, thank you. Okay, article seven. Um, excuse me. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. We don't get anything for seven. There is no. There's nothing to give. They didn't. Okay. They didn't give there. It's been a request for a five-minute um, suspension of the proceedings for health and comfort. So I will suspend for five minutes, and then we will reconvene and discuss seven. I guess they would have given us. I don't, that's all I have is for seven is that. Right, so there was no. address is Article 7. Um, briefly, as preparatory remarks from the chair, is that the, the question here is going to be whether or not we should strike from our bylaws with regards to um, Chapter 2, Section 7, which is with regards to a motion for the previous question. And it would change. I'm going to pause for a brief technical issue. We're okay? All right, thank you. And so this comes to the Warren Committee. It has come to the Warren Committee as proposed by the Select Board. However, I would like to point out that the Select Board did not actually take a vote on the issue with regards to give us a recommendation as to the merits, whether they were support or against it. So the, my sense is that one way of looking at that was the select board was saying, this is a town meeting issue. It should be best, it should be decided at town meeting by the town meeting members. I think that's one way where you could look at that, okay? We're the Warren Committee, so we represent town meeting. So we're the, the first body 
uh, to discuss this on the merits and then to make a recommendation to town meeting with regards to this. So in, in light of that, um, I did ask, so Jill Kelly is here who put forth the, uh, this proposal to the select board. I asked her to come. But because it's, it's slightly different that we didn't have, there was a discussion but not a vote. And so it therefore comes to us without really a select board recommendation with regards to whether they are in favor or against. I, I did ask our, our moderator, Mr. Bob Hiss, to come as well so that we could have um, more of a discussion here. You know, generally speaking, um, like when we have our discussions with regards to proposal here from department heads, the, the various stakeholders at place, we, we are usually trying to, you know, hear um, in many cases, you know, where a decision's already been made, they're asking us to ratify it. But again, with regards to this one, I think we're the first step in um, the decision finally actually being decided by the town meeting. And so what I would do is I would, I would propose that we, I would first recognize Jill Kelly so that she can um, give her presentation and, and then we can discuss this, we can ask questions of her. Then I'd ask for um, Bob Hiss then to, to give perspective, unique perspective as, as, the, as the moderator. We can conduct our, um, our inquiry of him. They then would be both available to us for following questions and discussion. And then we would uh, move to our vote for what our recommendation to town meeting would be, okay? to steal that she recognizes you. Thank you. Point of information, will we as a body have a chance for discussion amongst our yes. committee before we go to a vote? Yes. Thank you and for I clarifying. I would expect that there would be a lively discussion, <laughs> and I would like to remind us all that we live in this town, and we're going to run into <laughs> each other at the Fruits Center. <laughs> so let's keep that in mind, in uh, that spirit. I would invite you to our table, Jill Kelly. Jill Kelly, I'm sorry, Jill Clark. I've got to take the work. Shall I pull the chair over here? Yeah, wherever you're oh, here, Jay, I'll move. Oh, bang. <laughs> oh, sir. Good evening. Good evening, and thank you. And thank you for having me here. I appreciate it. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about why I um, uh, suggested this and try to answer some of the questions that I think have come up about this that I anticipate you may have and certainly answer any other questions that you have. So I want to start by being really clear about what the change is because it sounds like there have been some confusion and some questions about exactly what the change is. And so the change is very simple and I understand that the select board uh, voted uh, on Tuesday and you have the full language as it would appear on the warrant in front of you at this point. But the change is to remove a single sentence from the Milton bylaws. The sentence which is up in front of you is, if a motion for the previous question is adopted by vote of the meeting, no person shall speak to the motion then under consideration more than once or for longer than five minutes without a vote of permission of the meeting except that the chairman of the warrant committee may speak again to close the debate, but for not more than five minutes. So that's the sentence that we would be eliminating from the town bylaws. Okay, so if we take that out of the town bylaws, what happens? So then what happens 
um, without that sentence in the town bylaws. So what would happen then is that the process for moving the question would revert back to the process that's described in town meeting time. So I'm sure many of you are town meeting members, have participated in town meeting. Town meeting time uh, is a manual of parliamentary procedures that was originally published in 1962, and it governs the rules by which we do most town meetings in Massachusetts and other places where there are town meetings. So the way it's described in town meeting time is that moving the question would require an immediate vote that has to pass by a two-thirds majority that immediately ends debate and moves to a, to a vote on the substantive article on the table. I'm gonna say that one more time. An immediate vote with a two-thirds majority, and then we move to a vote. And this is really the traditional process that town meeting members all across the Commonwealth use, uh, the vast majority use this, and Milton's bylaw is really an exception to that traditional rule. So why do I want this change, and why am I bringing this to you tonight? So it's been my observation, even just over the last couple of town meetings, that there are a number of town meeting members that seem to think that this is the way that it already works. I have noticed several town meeting members raise their hands and say, isn't there a way we can move the question? Isn't there, is there a thing that I say? Is there something that I'm supposed to do here? And so it seems to me and that they were told, no, you can't do that with the thing that you're asking to do does not have the effect that you are hoping that it will have. The other reason that I want this change is that I think the town meeting time process is a good one. And I think that it allows us to strike an appropriate balance between healthy debate and also having an efficient meeting. So the, the intent that I'm having here is not to end discussion prematurely. It's not what I'm hoping for. And I personally have witnessed several times when people have moved the question and the vote has failed because people aren't done talking about it. But I also think that it does offer us an option of a way to take a sense of the whole group rather than hearing from only some people that are speaking more regularly. So I also want to speak for a moment about the process and how I have gotten to the point of sitting here in front of you today because I think there have been some questions about that. And I'll be candid with you that I was not sure of the process either because this is my first time trying to get something on the town meeting warrant. So I approached the moderator and asked him, you know, I have this idea, this is what I would like to talk about, what's the best way to do that? Um, and he suggested that one option I had was to bring it to the select board and see if they would sponsor it, and so that's what I've done. Um, I am aware that a citizen's position is another option, another way for any citizen, not only a town meeting member, to put something on the warrant. But it struck me as somewhat odd, because this is a, a question of how town meeting governs itself, to ask people who were not town meeting members to sign a petition to put something on the warrant about how town meeting works just seemed a little weird to me. It's not impossible, but I, I think it, it just struck me as a little bit strange. Um, so I, I approached the select board. I presented this item to the select board at their meeting on October 5th, um, really as an idea. I sent them this document that you see in front of you, just a red line of the, um, the existing guidelines. Um, and then there was another discussion two nights ago on the 18th where they had the benefit of the actual language that would appear on the warrant um, as was drafted by town council. Um, and I want to really reiterate what you said. I, I agree with that. I certainly cannot and do not speak for the select board, but it was definitely my sense that the majority of the select board was in favor of allowing town meeting to decide this matter for themselves rather than opining one way or the other on it. I think they were really deliberate about saying that it wasn't their choice to make, but that town meeting should have the opportunity to decide. 
So finally, a couple of concerns that have been raised or I anticipate might be raised that I, I want to address. I, I think one of the things that people are most worried about is that this would cut off debate or that it would discourage more timid town meeting members from speaking up. I don't think that's true. Um, I think that there is ample time for debate and no one ever has to move the question. And if the question is moved, we need a supermajority in order to end debate. Um, and as I said, I've seen that both pass and fail. I really do think that all town meeting members come to town meeting because they want to hear different voices, they want to hear different opinions, they want to hear from their fellow town meeting members, but that they don't necessarily want to hear the same voices over and over. And I think this gives an option for finding a way to strike that balance. I've heard some concerns that town meeting members and members of the community haven't had a chance to review this proposal before it goes to town meeting member. And I would suggest that there are many substantive items that are first presented to town meeting members for the very first time when they get that warrant in the mail. And um, I think this item is no more important than any others and actually it's a good bit less impactful than some of the items on the town meeting warrant where we're spending you know, millions of dollars. And, um, and also, all town meeting members are going to have the opportunity to, to debate this at length and under the current rules where moving the question is quite difficult to do. Um, another concern that's been raised is kind of the number and complexity of rules and how this makes town meeting uh, more difficult to understand or manage for moderators and town meeting members. And uh, I, I would argue that this is actually one fewer rule rather than adding an additional rule it's simpler and it's more consistent with town meeting time, which is the way that we manage most of the other parliamentary procedures that happen in town meeting. And then the last concern that I want to address is the, the concern that there might be kind of an ulterior motive or there's some other goal that's underlining this, this request that I'm making. And so I want to talk about what my goal is for this. My goal is actually not to make this bylaw change, although I, I think that would be nice. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, my goal is not to change the way that town meeting works for any specific vote or item that's coming up in the near future or in the distant future. My goal is to get this in front of town meeting members so that town meeting has the opportunity to have the debate and the discussion that this deserves, engage in appropriate debate on the topic, and ultimately make the decision for themselves. So I'm asking that the Warrant Committee approve this article for inclusion on the special town meeting warrant, and I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Are there any questions? I have a question. So you said the select board voted for it, which I saw the meeting they did, and you said they didn't vote on it, or just not put a recommendation down? They voted to approve the article for inclusion in the warrant, which sends it to us, but they did not do a formal vote as to whether they were in favor or against the article. So we should make sure we put that in our comments. I think we should. It, because, you know, I mean, um, the way it's drafted, when it says recommendation, mm -hmm. there's an implication that it's the recommendation, I believe, to approve. Right. So whoever drafts this would want to make clear, um, again, like ownership of this issue really, it seems, is uh, town meeting. Uh, we, so we're, we're that. Are there any other questions?
So thank you. I ask you please stand by. Oh, I, I, oh. I'm sorry, I have one question. Yes. You said you presented this to the select board. First you set a date in early October. October 5th. Now, if I recall correctly, you had a discussion with the select board about this exact issue, you and Mr. Hiss, in August, right? So the select board heard about this in August, I think. Am it, I correct? It did appear on the, um, the select board agenda in August, and uh, Mr. Hiss spoke at that time. I did not speak at that oh, time. So okay, it wasn't until you. October 5th that I spoke to the select board. Thank you, because I knew this issue was discussed at the select board in August. That's correct. It was on the agenda. There was some discussion. It was deferred to what ended up being August, uh, October 5th. Okay, thank you. Yeah, for thank you for clarifying that. One other question, and this did evolve a little bit over time, right? The like kind of what was deleted or edited. Yes, that's right. So there was an earlier version that made some changes to both section six and section seven. It was like a little bit more complicated. And so this is kind of the more streamlined version where it's just strike section seven, there's no other changes. Great, thank you for sharing that. So by striking section seven, is it then, what's it called, meeting time? Town meeting, time. town meeting time is this in accordance with the rest of town meeting time in the sense of by just striking it is that now the way that other towns do it so by striking section seven mm -hmm. milton's bylaws would be silent on the issue of moving the question and so if one wanted to know how to manage moving the question then one would refer to town meeting time because this whole book is not spelled out in Milton's bylaws, right? And right. so most of the places, and probably I should defer this question to the moderator who knows this much better than I do, but the, the, the default would become town meeting time. Okay. Thank you. Are there any other questions? All right, thank you. And as you stand by, because we're going to have Mr. Hiss talk, and uh, based upon comments that he made, makes, there may be questions for you that could result from that. I will be right here. Thank you. Thank you. So we rec recognize uh, the town moderator, Mr. Bob Hiss. Thank you. you can call me Bob Kelly if it's easier. Oh, so. thank, you. <laughs> thank you. By the way, this is town meeting time, in case you wanted to know. So. Still good. Oh, you have your own copy? Okay, very good. Um, I'm going to just read some, uh, some notes, and I've got some data for you that I thought might be interesting. So let me just bring this up. So I wanted to talk about uh, three things, and, and it's unusual for me to appear before the Warrant Committee. I've only done it once or twice, and the rule I set for myself is uh, if something's going to come before town meeting that either um, affects the role of the, or the prerogatives of the moderator, I would weigh in, or if it's going to change the way town meeting functions, um, I would go weigh in. So I did that years ago. Something changed to the personnel board, which is one of the moderator appointed committees I spoke then. I think you remember me speaking one or two meetings ago on electronic voting at town meeting. So that's, that's when I get engaged. Otherwise, I've stayed out of all the policy stuff for, uh, for six years. So I wanted to talk about uh, three topics. One is uh, process. Two is just um, clarify how things work with uh, this um, town meeting time and, and the parliamentary procedure. And third is uh, some data. So just on process, um, the last time we made a change to the way town meeting operated um, in the bylaws was, I think, about 10 years ago. So the select board and proposed and town meeting passed um, a town government study committee. It was jointly appointed by the select board and the moderator. And they started looking at dozens of different things. And one of the things they came up with was a new rule, in addition to this one that you see here, which imposed a 10-minute limit per speaker and that no person may speak twice before everyone has spoken once. 
So they had a chance to go look at the whole bylaws, perhaps strike some of these things out, and I think they decided that they wanted to uh, leave in place what was there, but add another constraint on the repetitive speaker, because by that point, the moderator could recognize someone dozens of times, and uh, that didn't happen. But they tried to codify you know, the way some, some moderator behavior. But my point was there was a study committee that looked at a lot of things about the town and then came up with uh, this modification. It went to the select board. It went to the then warrant committee. It was passed by town meeting. It's now rule number 15, I think, we have in, uh, in the bylaws. Um, so in terms of process, this was studied and then thought through and vetted. And we had people like uh, former moderators, former school committee chairs, former town administrators. So people had a lot of experience, town meeting members, and were watching this thing. Um, the process here is uh, um, interesting. You know, we have a couple ways things can get on. For a regular town meeting, it takes 10 signatures from registered voters. For a special like this, it would take 100. But either way, you would have known there's a, there's a dozen people or potentially hundreds of people that think this is a good idea before it comes before the meeting. And the second process, but we don't have that here. The second, because the select board decided to um, uh, take it up. But interesting, if you look at the language that will come before you, the select board, although they said in the meeting, we didn't take a vote if we're in favor or against, they put language in front of you that is recommending a change, and they voted on it, just as if they had voted on a budget and had gone to you. So the executive branch has made a change, but they're admitting they really didn't deliberate it, and now they're kicking it to you, so you're the deliberative body instead of that body that was there 10 years ago that was studying all the different aspects of town government that resulted in a lot of changes. So that's the process stuff. Now, in terms of uh, the content, um, yeah, Ms. Uh, Ms. Clark was correct how it works. Um, most towns in the Commonwealth are open town meetings. There are, I think, 35, 37 representative town meetings like ours. In an open town meeting, and I've, I'm a member of the Mass Moderators Association, I've talked to some of my fellow moderators. If you get a popular item, thousands of people will come to town meeting. They'll spread out across all the schools and town hall and churches all at once. So thousands of citizens come in, and most of them never show up at town meeting. They're not aware of parliamentary procedure. They're nervous. They may not prepare. Just imagine the repetition that goes on. Is that this is the thing you're so fired up about, you're going to go to the meeting you've never been to before, which is town meeting. You're going to start talking. So in town meeting time, there's a way for someone to say, enough. We've heard enough. Because the moderator doesn't want to shut off 5,000 people, so they kind of let the meeting manage itself. But in representative town meeting, we have you know, 279 elected and some ex officio, like 288. And it's not that we're all pros, but most people are used to town meeting. They understand the drill, how to speak. And when you're in person, and I've, I've been in the, these shoes, I think Mr. Walsh will talk about it, you get a sense of the room. You can see people shuffling and getting bored, and the same points are coming up, and you can just say, okay, I don't see anybody else. Unless there's a new point, why don't we move on? And so the moderator can do it. In our Zoom world, that's impossible. All you see is a, you know, a simple hand on a computer screen. So you lose that sense of the room. So um, one of the reasons I think this is important is uh, we've got a couple constraints that uh, um, do put some limits on the debate. But uh, the last point is I've read through town meeting time again. And uh, there's some other interesting comments in there. The state of Rhode Island actually uh, prohibits this uh, by law. So you know town meetings only in the six New England states, right? So the state of Rhode Island prohibits it. There's been some debate in Massachusetts about whether it's um, legal for a representative town meeting to do so. It's never been challenged, but if you look at the state law about uh, creating the representative town meeting concept, it talked about the bodies must be deliberative. 
Now, there are town meetings that have imposed, um, or rather prohibit this, uh, moving the previous question. I think Ms. Clark came from Belmont, I think, and, and they do that in their representative town meeting have been for a long time. So nobody's challenged it. But there's been some debate about this. So um, I think we have controls in place. The process is um, uh, different than we've done in the past and is putting the deliberative body on your shoulders here now and then town meetings later on. But the last thing is, do we really have a problem to solve? So if I could get my PC to wake up here, um, I've got some data from the most recent town meeting. And let me see if this sharing technology will work. So if, do I hit this uh, pad once I'm in? Is that right? Uh, um, no, so you, if you can open your browser. Open. No, you're, you're okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if you open your browser. Okay. I'll go to that URL. You need to go to that IP address, yeah, 192. Yep. 168.27.178. Did I get it right? Yes, I did. Now join through browser on the left side. Glasses needed. Very close. Five five eight five. share some data. So one of the things I do is I keep notes during a town meeting because I have to make sure nobody's speaking more than 10 minutes and I have to speak, make sure nobody's speaking more than twice before anybody else does. So I've recorded for all my town meetings, every time someone stands up, it's three minutes and 15 seconds or 10 seconds or whatever it is. So today I went through for the most recent meeting in June, all five nights, and I added up for all 47 articles, how many people spoke? By the way, there were, you can see here there were 69 people who stood up. They either asked a question or they said something or they made a presentation of some sort. And uh, in total, if you add it up on all, across all five nights, we did Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Monday, Tuesday. Um, although we spent about 15 hours in town meeting, we did three, three hours, a four hour, I think a two hour, roughly. There were four and a half hours of actual people speaking. The rest is voting, consulting, I'm reading, um, a recess, whatever it happens to be. We had a roll call vote. So four hours and 32 minutes of actual members or presenters speaking. And there were 126 speeches that happened. So those 69 people um, spoke on, and basically twice on average over the course of uh, the five nights. Um, the longest article was 16 minutes and 47 seconds. And there were 23 people that spoke to the longest article. So that's 16 minutes. I'm probably going to be here longer than 16 minutes tonight. Now, the average, um, I'd done some back of the envelope. I thought most people spoke within three minutes. They actually speak in under two minutes is what the average person speaks, and it's 2.7 people on average speak. The median is even lower. It's a minute 17, and the median is zero people speak. So most of the time, nobody speaks on an article. But when they do, they want to get up and they want to ask a question. They want to say something. 
Um, I also looked at the longest speech was someone spoke twice for a combined 11 and a half minutes and there were 10, uh, um, one person got up 10 times over the course of the whole five nights. So my point is, do we have a problem to solve? And the data is telling me there's not a compelling problem. But I tried to put a picture up here. So I did the, the graph at the top shows on the y-axis is the number of minutes. On the x-axis, it's all 47 articles. And the graph at the top is in orange, you see the average. And down in gray, you see the median. So you can see a lot of them, one, two, six, seven, nine, no speakers, no questions. Some of them are uh, the consent agenda we get through. Others, nobody, everybody understands it. And most of them are pretty short. You can see the ones that generated the most uh, interest were 33 and 34. 33 was the school budget. And then the motion to um, adjust the budget down, that took a lot. 34 was a land swap, which then finally resulted in referral back. So those are the big ones. And clearly people wanted to talk about the budget and defend it or against it and the land swap, you know, for it or against it, whatever it was. And you can also see the corresponding spike in speakers. That's where we had the 23 speakers was on uh, 33 on the school committee, on the, rather the school, uh, the school budget. So when I look at this, most of the time, people speak for just over a minute. There's a couple speakers. You'll see a lot of people ask a 10 second question. Some people go on for three minutes. On average, it's a minute and a half. So as I look at this, even in the Zoom, where it's easy to talk and easy to raise your hand, it's not the same as walking down to the aisle, literally stand up and be counted. That's, that's where that phrase came from, is from town meetings. Um, stand up and be counted. It's hard to go down there. You gotta turn around, you gotta be nervous, you're on TV, it's a, it's a different game. So even with the Zoom world, I didn't think we had a compelling problem to solve right now. So the process issues, the fact that we've got some controls in, in place, town, representative is different than open, and I didn't think we had a compelling problem, even with a couple big articles in a long five-night annual town meeting. So what I propose to do is answer any questions you have, but actually I'll exit for your discussion and vote, and you guys do what you want to do. Because I told the select board I'm not going to die on this hill. Either way, town meeting still has control of their debate, which is my primary purpose. Because this will control it, right? They will vote or not. So I'm not going to die on the hill. But that's my point of view on my research here. So understanding the special circumstances of the town moderator coming to make a presentation to the warrant committee, I would ask the town moderator if he has a recommendation to the warrant committee as to whether to vote in favor or against this article. <clears throat> You, you know, I appointed all of you. I, I appointed all of you. I'd rather not <laughs> okay. steer you. Right. There you go. Thank you. So, if we erase Section Seven, does that mean the Warrant Committee has less say during the town meeting by saying, except that the chairman has a Warrant Committee, of the Warrant Committee may speak again? So, so no, because uh, I always recommend. Let's put it, if there's ever a, a motion to amend, I all the moderator, not just me, yeah. recommends the chair of the Warrant Committee. Always. You, the rule is you go to the uh, submitting authority, and then you go to the chair of the warrant committee, and then you go to the vote. By, not by bylaw, but by tradition and courtesy. Okay. Yes? Would you be, during our discussion, would you be available for any questions that we have? Sure. Thank you. Let's just go down the hall and, you know, 
We'll give you five minutes. Shoot the breeze with the cable <laughs> access boys, who I know well, because we serve on Zoom town meetings so often. So. Thank you. I have a question about, I know you mentioned that it's more unusual that Milton is representative town meeting, and I think you said like 35 to 37 have that. Do, like, are, are there numbers available about like what what do those 35 to 37 other towns do like do they have exceptions do they tend to stick with the town meeting times like what how do they handle this since they have the same setup as we do i don't know i don't know i, I the sense i have from most moderators is most towns don't have rules that govern uh their moderators they provide the moderator a lot of latitude to run things so Milton having 15 rules is a lot of rules. But, you know, we've lived with them and just you learn them and you memorize them and go on. So when this goes to town meeting, which it will, whether we vote tonight to recommend it or not recommend it or other, this will go to town meeting. Will you be speaking like this? No, I'm going to say my piece here and then I'll just stand at the podium and, and moderate the process, which is what I did with the personnel board years ago, because I, I won't speak. If I'm going to speak, I recuse myself, but I'm not Okay. Gonna... Will you be providing this information to someone else? I mean, I, if, I, if I, asked. Maybe a little question. If asked, okay. but no one's asked. So you said that from a process standpoint, the last time this was done was 10 years ago, and you referenced something. Was this also added then, or was this... So was this Section 7 already there? It was already there. It was already there. Yeah, and I know this was there... I've been moderator six years, Brian Walsh 14. This has been there, I think, 20. Okay. And I don't, if Mr. Cronin were still alive, he'd probably know off the top of his head when this happened, but uh, I don't think, you'd have to go through all the town reports to find right. out how long this has been there. You said that there, it's unusual that Milton has, I think you, did you say 15 rules? Yes. So this would take it down to 14, or? Um, yeah, what, what, what yes, you? it would, it would okay. take it down to 14. Are there any further questions of Bob? Thank you. Do you want me to stay for I discussion, have, or do you want me to? I, yeah, I think it's fine for you to stay for You know, well, I'll, I'll vamoose. So, so. And then, and then I, am, I am going to offer Jill Clark as the moving party, you know, a brief opportunity if there's anything that came up from Mr. Hiss's, you know, comments, if you would like to address them. First, I, did you have a question? I did. So this data was just from June. Right. And from your six years, you, you had said that you don't necessarily think we have a problem, that right. we would want to take it out. Um, has, has the Zoom situation exacerbated town meeting? And if we were in person, it doesn't get as crazy with the length of speakers? Um. I think the speakers get a little longer in Zoom. Um, the, and I've, other moderators have said this, the tone has deteriorated, a little less courtesy. Some of the social media behavior when it's, you're talking to your screen and you're nice and safe at home has sort of crept in. I've tried to stop it, but sort of crept in. Other moderators have noticed that. I think we'll all be back in the high school in December and hopefully decorum, as the chair has referred to, returns. I have one other question based on that. Do you, I mean, do you think that this could help with that? Like if things are deteriorating, if there's like, maybe it's not usually something that would come up, but perhaps there is a contentious question 
and things are deteriorating that perhaps someone like removing this and going back to that process like could it actually help or kind of bring things back and I think I was understanding that it was more the, behind the computer screen that allowed people that when you're in person you don't find it as much but behind a screen people have more of an ability to say things and have a little discourteous tone if you will well let's say uh, there's three four people sitting down in front of the high school they're teed up to speak they've been waiting there for a while and someone says move the previous question and it passes how would you feel if I was all set to go, I wanted to say my piece, and I got cut off? And then you lost the vote. Now, if you won the vote, you'd be like, well, okay, I guess I'm all right. But if you lost the vote and you didn't get to speak, is that different than I got to say my piece, I lost the argument, fair and square, my fellow citizens voted, all right, that's them's the breaks. So I'd, I'd be more upset. I used to be a town meeting member. And, would prefer to speak my piece, and, but I would get up early, so I wouldn't <laughs> This is really helpful. I do have just one other question, because I've only really seen the Zoom ones, but I'm curious, would you be able to highlight, let's say, if not everyone had had the chance to speak once yet, versus like, let's say we're kind of in the rounds two or three, um, would you be able to kind of point out if someone, called, like, tried to move the question that, you know, just so that everyone's aware, not everyone has had the chance to, to speak even one time, or? Yeah, I haven't had to do that before because we had this rule in place, so we never moved the question. Yeah. Um, okay. But what would I now do if I saw five or six people out front and said, folks, you're within your right to do that. However, you do, your fellow town meeting members are queued up down here waiting to speak. Are you sure you want to do that and cut them off? I would say something like that. And then they might say, okay, fine, I'll, I'll wait. Or they might not, because again, they were elected and they have a right to go follow parliamentary procedure and enact. May I, Tom Caldwell, Mr. Moderator. Uh, what if somebody was proposing an amendment to that article and the question was moved and you allowed them to speak? Well, um, once you make the motion, you actually start a new clock, yes. a new yes. ticker, so to speak. Um, and so that's when the new count of no one may speak, the way I interpret it anyways. The 10-minute rule still applies. Um, um, moving the previous question, if, if this is eliminated, well, this would still apply if it remains. If it is eliminated, you could move the previous question on a motion. Okay. Then you'd, that wins or fails. And then you go back to the main motion. Someone could move the previous question on that. You could close that out. So it applies to any um, motion before the body. Okay, fair. Thank you. Anything else with Bob? Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Pleasure. And then Jill Clark, I give you an opportunity to make a you know a brief statement or anything else that you would like if if that was your wish. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> I, um, I, I appreciate the data that the moderator has brought to us. I think that's useful information. Um, and a couple of things I just want to say about that. I think one, I don't know how many of you were at that town meeting, um, but it was a long one. And, um, and so I, I think that what, the, what it's harder to see in the data are, is not the duration and the frequency, but the content. 
And I think the, the place where moving the question can be useful is when, no matter how long or short people have been speaking, the, the content seems to be all the same. And we're not moving a discussion along, we're not asking questions, we're not people are, are speaking because they, they are, they're, you know, the, the message and information they're sharing is mostly similar. So that's, that's one thing that I would add that I think is just difficult to see um, in that information. I, I think the other thing that struck me about the data is with, I think you said 288 town meeting members, how few of them speak. Um, and, and the ones that do speak, how often they speak. Um, and so I think that's another indication that's not, you know, not quite as clear, but that often we have very similar comments coming up over and over again um, that aren't necessarily moving us towards a different or deeper understanding um, of what's going on. Um, I would also just add that um, I'm aware that the, I was aware coming in here that the moderator um, it was, uh, this was not the, the most favorite idea he'd ever heard. I don't want to put words in your mouth or, or you know, cause him to, I think he's um, choosing not to make a recommendation, and um, and uh, you know I I see the arguments on both sides, and I think reasonable people can agree to disagree on this. But again, coming back to my objective here is to allow town meeting to make that decision. So, thank that's. you for that. Based on that, does anyone have any further questions? I have a clarification question, um, and I was at that meeting as well as a town meeting member. Um, are we? I'm trying to follow this. I, I, I keep staring at you. I'm, yeah, I'm that's reading all right. Behind you. I'm trying You're to head around this. Is this addressing that that we're going to try to limit the same people talking over and over again? Uh, and then is that I'm trying to understand where this is going because I, I, I if I missed the point, I apologize. No, I'm, that's fine. I'm and just I trying to follow it. I might ask Mr. Hess to speak oh, to this also, um, but I. I don't think it's as precise a tool of that. Mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, any town meeting member at any moment can decide that they're, you know, they're ready to move on and that they would like to move the question. Yeah. Um, you know, it could be the first thing someone says, you know, and, but my, the, you know, as the moderator also said, the, the town meeting does in some ways manage itself. And, um, you know, if someone moves the question after two comments, um, generally that, that vote will not pass. Are there any other questions? Thank you. Thank you. Would we like to engage Thank in you. a discussion? Yes. 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 Would anyone wish to be recognized by the chair to speak? I'll go first. <laughs> the chair recognizes Judith Steele. Thank you. I have um, going to read from this so that I don't wander. Um, with my thoughts, and so, readers. And Judith, I know I speak softly. Let's make sure that it's nice and loud for everybody. <laughs> thank you. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, to start. After carefully reading Article 2, Section 7, several times, to full, I, am, I am not a town meeting member, so for me, fully understand what it does and what it doesn't do, I decided to see what other towns do in regard to moving the question. I have now read the bylaws and rules 
of town meeting in close to 40 towns, the vast majority being towns that have representative town meeting as we do and not open meeting because that varies just a little differently as Mr. Hiss said, that brings in, could bring in multi-thousands where representative town meetings tend not to do that. The variations were noticeable while addressing different aspects of town meeting. I tried to zero in on how moving the question, or the previous question, was handled. <clears throat> Most towns do adhere to moving the question as a complete stoppage of debate. However, I quickly learned that our town, Milton, is not the only town to take the select suggested language as outlined in town meeting time and make amendments. The ability to do that is simply not prohibited in town meeting time, this book. In our town, many decades ago, had very forward thinkers and is following that town meeting times in that it is not prohibited to make amendments for any town. Our Section 7 provides the sentiment of inclusivity. We do not shut out debate by moving the question prematurely. It provides mindfulness that debate matters and viewpoints that may differ matter. The mecha mechanism to take the foot off the gas exists with our current bylaw. Debate then coasts with no assist from the gas pedal in this section. There is a mechanism to stop coasting, apply the brakes again, and bring the question to a vote. A town I reviewed <clears throat> takes it even a step further. Their rules put no, think about this town meeting members, their rules put no limit on debate time and does not allow moving the question once debate starts. It works for that town as the freedom to encourage all debate actually has a reverse effect and encourages the body to be very aware they must be fair to all participants and debate becomes more meaningful and efficient as, br as bringing PJs for a nap break to a town meeting is not what they want. It becomes a mutual respect of one another in debate time. I did check that. I talked to somebody in that town. Our town followed due process in making this allowable amendment to moving the question. It went through the boards and committees for review and debate. It passed on the town meeting floor with the required two-thirds two vote many decades ago. There's a lot packed into Section 7, and it stands out to me that it prompts us to consider the needs of all. To lose this forward thinking section of Article 2 could, and I am not saying it will, take us back a step. 
it could, and again, I'm not saying it will, allow for manipulative views of moving the question to cut off debate. I asked the former chair of the Warren Committee if he was ever called upon to be the final break person as described in the current language of Section 7. With his permission to quote his answer, it never happened in the five years he was chair. He was chair. So I thought about that, and I came to this observation. Perhaps our Section 7 gives pause to those wishing to cut off debate because they know it's going to reopen as a coasting debate. In my opinion, this section is valuable to inclusivity of all citizens' voices. And even those who serve in town government, we are citizens first. So, it is allowable to have this amended version of moving the question in our bylaws. No prohibition. It was in our bylaws through due process. So I end with this. Our town, my observation, our town does not just talk the talk about inclusivity of voices. It walks the talk right into Article 2, Section Thank you, Mr. Chair and members for listening. Thank you, Judith. Thank you. That was a lot well, what's of the that? You. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 I did try and time this. To I can't be... follow that. Right? No way. <laughs> you can't. Uh, well, I have a lot of notes here from the various town meetings. These are my booking notes. I like them. They usually work, but um, oh, I guess I've already talked. That's cross-talking. Mr. Chair, I'd like uh, to speak. Um, so I have a hard time understanding uh, Mrs. Clark's uh, citizen petition, or lack thereof. Um, you know, she had mentioned it was strange to speak in regards to the citizens, where it was more the town meeting members. What I have a hard time understanding is why it isn't as important to actually get the citizens behind it, only really requiring 100, um, to really, to those that can't be town meeting members who sometimes run and they don't get on. Um, really, if this was something um, that we wanted to change, I really do think even though it's a town meeting that discusses and is going to be under the moderator's influence, I do think that we would, they are a representation of the citizens of the town, so I really think it's important to have the town citizen petition in regards to chaining and, and any bylaw. Um, I know that she can go to the select board, but I do think that it's concerning for me um, that we didn't have a citizen's petition in regards to that. Um, my other thing is that, um, there is, it was comments of, you know, many, you know, it would stop somewhat of the representation of the same people, but as to Judith's points, like, there's a freedom of speech, whether we like to hear those same people talk or not. It is up to um, nobody in the town meeting 
to decide, you know, what somebody says is appropriate. I mean, with all, you know, uh, is against what they think uh, they agree with or not. It's for them to be able to speak to what they want to speak to. So I had two concerns in regards to that. Um, and, I, and another thing that um, Mr. Hiss, the moderator, had pointed out, you know, I, I think the Zoom is a big concern for this, of why this might have been brought up. But I do think that uh, we would need to really look at it again in person and see how th like things change because we've been on so many uh, two years of Zoom. I think there's a lack of uh, courtesy or uh, hidden behind the computer type of feeling that may change when people are talking in person, face to face. So I would like to think that um, even though this would go to town, but um, there's a consideration that even as town meeting members, that they take that Zoom into consideration and really look at how we go to in person and see how this develops over time. I had one, um, just thinking about what you mentioned with relation to like citizens petitions versus the select board sponsoring something. This is like, I, there aren't any citizens petitions I don't think for this warrant, but something I've noticed in the past is when a citizens petition comes to us and then goes to town meeting, it has to be voted on exactly as is. And I think, Jill, you mentioned that this has evolved. So having the select board sponsor something, I think one part of the value, because this pertains to like how town meeting governs itself, is that when this goes to town meeting, there could be friendly amendments. So like because this governs how they run their meeting, there could be that potential for someone to say, well, maybe we should do this, but like I have a friendly amendment to offer that going this route allows the potential for the town meeting members, I think, to raise those potential edits that a citizen's petition, it's just take it or leave it. Because if you have 100 people who sign on to one thing, you don't know that they're going to agree. So it's like there just can't be any changes. So I think that to me is what seems like maybe a reason why this might have gone through the select board process and part of the value because it again pertains so much to, to town meeting members and how the meetings run. Um, I think the one other thing, I'm, I'm sure a lot of us have a lot of thoughts on this. I think inclusivity is really important and I struggle with it because it is like, it's so important for people to have their say. My concern is like, if the same people speak again and again, does that actually quiet other voices? Um, and yeah. the way it's set up though you're allowed to everybody has to speak once and then go back to that person again so they have the ability to speak sure. mm. it's a fair observation I mean I was at that last meeting I am a town meeting member and it got pretty ugly and it was actually embarrassing uh, to be on that call and the way people were speaking to each other mm. so I do share Allison's thought that you know is it a zoom culture thing that they would not do that we hope face to face because it would have been really Pretty shameful and embarrassing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'd like to um, to follow up, and, and there might be people in this room who have served in town meeting for a long time. I've been on town meeting for 14 years, so I guess there, there might be people much longer. 
And I agree, Steve, with you. The last meeting was embarrassing. And um, I had never seen in my 14 years, I may have missed a couple of times, checked the Milton Times, <laughs> but I had never seen a meeting like that in my, excuse me, <clears throat> my 14 years. And I want to speak also in terms of like the, you know, there was a standing vote. And I, I love to be corrected. I have seen that happen maybe three times in, in 14 years. And the previous time that I recall it happening, and, and if Mr. Cronin was here, he probably would correct me, but it was the CVS vote on the parkway. Uh-huh. Okay? So um, I, had, I agree with some of the comments um, in terms of when I was looking at this. I, I've given it a lot of thought. Um, I, I also look at this as like a majority-minority thing. I mean, this can be used as a tool to silence a minority in the town, whatever that may be. And you might be on the minority on one issue and the majority in the next, but I think it can be used as a tool to silence people. I think that town meeting, we have a long history and tradition in the town that allows for this open debate. Um, we don't follow a model code. Massachusetts law does not do that. You know, we always add our flourish to it, and this is the flourish. And I think it's a very important flourish. Um, you know, the, I think every town meeting, there's always one hot-button article, right? There's always one thing that really, like, splits the town. I, mean, I don't mean it that way, but that people feel strongly about. And, um, you know, there have been town meetings where we breeze through. But, you know, there's usually always one thing, and there are major things, budget, zoning changes, that, you know, people care about their neighborhood and maybe a building going in their neighborhood or a stop sign. So, so I understand all those things, but um, you know, it, it, it's not, um, it, 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 there's always usually one, is what I'm trying to say. And I have decided to be a town meeting member and run. I'm willing to sit there and listen to everybody, not too happy about it sometimes. I am human, but I listen, I sit there, I make the investment in my time for the town, and um, I don't have an issue with it. Um, I like to hear everybody speak. I have been swayed on issues where I went in there hot on something, and by the end, I changed my vote. So um, I, I enjoy town meeting as it stands in terms of the open um, way in which we can speak and debate. Um, and um, you know, the, those are just some of my thoughts uh, that I just have about this. Um, and I, I, you know, if anyone can add to, if, if, if anyone in this body has been longer and can give more examples, then I would love to hear them. I also wonder too if sometimes, um, when a question is moved, is that when you sort of you're like, oh boy, do you know what I mean? Like it's sort of then it's the impetus to, to talk. You're like, is it that nudge that a lot of people need to then? Do you know what I mean to discuss it further? Versus, Under the current system, yeah. Like if it that then if you have the offer, like if it's if it's moved and then there's no so it's it's moved and there's no further debate versus if somebody moves to close because then this allows for more if I'm understanding it right. It, like the question can't be moved without further questions after currently right. Only if it's approved by two thirds. Two thirds. Right. So so if it doesn't. Life just continues at right. the town meeting, right. but if but if it's I guess what I'm saying is if it's a big enough issue, then that's not going to. Do you know what I mean? That's it, if there's if there's the if there is the 
need for further debate, then it's not just going to be moved, correct? Do you know what I mean? Is, am I understanding right. it right? Am I understanding it backwards or correct? It, the debate stops on that, the matter, if, after the two-thirds after vote. The, but what I'm saying is if this the two-thirds vote is going to, it will mean that like everybody's already in a place to vote for it. Do you mean like isn't that typically like everybody's sort of had their? I mean, it would say, only pass. If, it would only pass if everybody's. But if there's sort of, it's not going to pass if there's still, if if people still want to talk about it. I guess that's what I'm saying yeah. is that if that's if somebody prematurely moves it, moves the question to shut down debate, and there's enough, I think that's the point where a lot of people go, whoa, 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 no, wait, and this and gives it no. the opportunity for that. For what that if they don't? The but if they vote the two-thirds and debate stops, this language gives a second chance just under very different terms than the original period of debate because it's going to break again. See the break. The chairman of the Warrant Committee can close that debate down. So if there's someone still standing at the microphone... What do you mean they can close the debate down? What do you no. mean? They can close the debate down on the second round. I don't know what that means. Okay, so... They don't, they don't, they don't tell everybody to stop talking. Here's what happens. Okay, <laughs> 45 hours later. later. Um, so, questions on the... Uh, question is on the floor. A member <clears throat> calls the question, or call, previous question. Moderator takes a vote. Two-thirds say, yes, we agree. We want to move the question and have a vote. With this in place, it doesn't leave anyone standing at the microphone waiting to be heard. It also does not, oh, see that's why, it also um, discourages premature calling of the question that could obtain the two-thirds vote and there are people standing at the microphone that is what you would call a manipulation. With this in place, manipulate all you want, because even if two-thirds agree, now debate resumes. But now debate resumes under a, a, a different, different set of rules, because now to close down the debate, it does not come from the floor. The Warrant Committee Chair, whoever they are, at the time this happens, is now tasked with the chore to watch very closely this second round of debate. <clears throat> and when they determine that enough new information has come forth, and it, or that no new information is coming forth from anyone at any microphone, 
they step to the podium. Is that what that means? Yeah, actually, it does. That's not what I thought it meant. I want some clarification on it, because I don't think that that's what it means. I think that I didn't think so, but she's convinced me. Well, I'd love well, to I'm, bring that up. Uh, no, you can. You can. I think what it is. I thought it was the moderator. Chairman of the Warren Committee, because the chairman of the Warren Committee may have spoken before, is that the second, the, the, the slowdown basis, if you've already spoken, you can't speak again. You have to speak to. Two. You may only speak for five. You may only. And then, and then what do you do? Keep going, but I think the chairman of the Warren Committee, if it's going on and on and on, can then stand up oh. more than five minutes and speak to the issue of, come on, can we close this thing? And what do you do? You beseech the people to show some good sense. And close She's it. saying no, you can stop the you debate. Alone, right. You alone close no. the debate down. If it's you or somebody else, or we can, if we if this is, I didn't think so, but now we do. Ask Mr. Hiss to come back in. The reason that I called Mr. Asher, um, and it was very brief, because I'm like so nervous about out of meeting things and who I should be talking to. So I called Mr. Asher. I identified myself, and I said to Mr. Asher, I have a very brief question, and this is it. In your time as the Warrant Committee Chair, were you ever called upon to close the debate after the question was adopted by the two-thirds vote and debate reconvened? He said, not once, never has it happened. So it is actually, in, in if you were to... Can, can I say it? Yeah, okay. I think this is super interesting, and you changed my mind on this, but I don't know if this issue is going to help us decide I still to say yes or no to the bigger thing. I will tell you, the first day I read this, and to anyone that has listened to me while I have researched this, not here, but, you know, out and about, and I said, you know, can someone look at this again for me? And my exact words were, nobody at Woodstock could be more stoned than the person who wrote this. <laughs> and I, that is out and about, and it is now attributed to me. Because no matter how I rolled it around, I could say, this does not make sense. And because my own, sometimes not working well for me, but personality is to, I need to understand this. And I spent three whole days finding people that could dissect this for me. And when the light bulb hit, I then went out on a further search and said, is this what you see? I cannot believe this. And as I described, this allows sort of a warning shot to the body of the town meeting by calling the question. Now, everyone must be on the same page because two-thirds of the people say, bingo. Once that happens, this section 
comes into play. It is noted that the two-thirds adopted to close, well, I used different, yeah. Yeah, two, yeah. previous question. To close, debate is closed by previous question. But we have a little comma there, just so you don't see it all that well. I told people, put a period, put a period. Go to the second section, now get it combined. So normally, when that happens, debate's gone. There is no option. Everyone must stop, and the moderator must enforce that. With Section 7, a little miracle happens. People standing at the mic get a slight chance to be heard. But because now there's this warning shot, and everyone's aware, uh-oh, better move it along. What I have to say has to be way shorter than that person at the Warrant Committee, for sure. And um, we get to the point. Get to the point. Have your one cent instead of two cents now, but it's better than no cents. And the Warrant Committee chair is obligated to be at these meetings. And when that happens, he's got he, she, they have to be very aware of where the debate is. They have to micro, no, once it goes into second debate. But it's not the chairman of the Warrant Committee. He just, he's representing the Warrant Committee. The entire Warrant Committee is, is set aside from town meetings, so we'll be sitting through all the town meetings. Who's going to close the debate that you see it, in it section comes to a vote the, the, At the Warrant Committee, and the chairman just states it for it. It's not one person. Well, yes, it, 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 but it closes, it closes the debate. You can't have a third chance or a fourth chance. Or let's do it again. I have a ticket. The point, too, is that this hasn't been a problem. So right. I agree. Correct. I mean, so. Well, oh, that, that's, I think it's been a problem on Zoom. I don't think it's been a problem. You're talking about the content being a problem. I'm the content of the, what people are saying being a problem. No, that, I don't know what you're Well, you're saying, saying it's been a problem. What's, but he, you said it wasn't really a, it hasn't been a problem. The domination of yeah. speaking by people? certain people. Yeah, like oh, I don't know what you're saying is, what's, what's the problem? So let's go one at a time. Jay. Yeah. Oh, what can I talk? What you're talking. Yeah, can go ahead. Okay. Sure. I've got a couple things I want to say. Okay. Um, one, somebody said, why is this not a citizen's petition? Citizen's petitions are, I use the word amateur. I've seen lots of citizens' petitions come up. They usually don't pass. The best that a citizens' petition will do is inspire another, maybe the select board, to put together a more professional uh, uh, proposal along the same lines, like when they changed the name of selectman to select board. There's a citizens' petition that wasn't really put together well, so that board put together one that was better. Also, at this very last meeting, there was a citizens' petition, something about zoning, and it was voted down, and the reason many people, including me, stated for voting it down was because it was a citizen's petition. And citizen's petitions are usually pretty amateur and not really put together well. So, I mean, that, that's a good reason to not have a citizen's petition be a bylaw. Um, another thing that I was looking at, I didn't do nearly the research Judy did, but um, in fact, can you help me out? Brookline, does Brookline, you said most towns with representative town meetings allow people to call the question. I don't know if you know where Brookline stands on that. 
Um, it might be but in these. Um, the reason I bring up Brookline is because we had one of the uh, the um, candidates for town manager was from Brookline. So yeah. for some reason, I started looking at what they do at their town meeting, and they had the, the kinds of things that we don't discuss at our town meeting. Like there were at least two things that were sort of unrelated to town government. I remember one of them off the top of my head was, should the town of Brookline oppose or should we repeal the embargo of Cuba? And that's just not the kind of thing we talk about at our town meetings. And, but I know other town meetings do. And if I was at a town where people were regularly bringing up issues that are unrelated to town issues, just general politics, then I would want to call the question too. But that's not a problem we have. That, that's, you know, most if not all of our issues are very town related. So even if other representative town meetings have, you know, allow calling the question, I can see why we don't. And I've, what's that? Well, that's Chelmsford. Well, um, they, they uh, have so, representative sorry, I, town meeting. Okay, so, I mean, I, I have not seen this be a problem in in-person town meetings. I have seen it be a problem in Zoom town meetings. I mean, that's subjective. You can disagree. I, I think the Zoom town meetings would have really benefited from this. I think the in-person town meetings, generally, I have not seen it. I think the goal is to be in person, though, correct? I, I don't have so, a goal. From past to present, the only time, reason we were in Zoom is because of COVID. But, so we hopefully will be going into in-person in December, if yeah, I'm so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Although that can always change. Right. We were yeah, I don't, I don't have a hope. May, yeah, but we're not voting. Then, are we voting for it to be for Zoom? Well, no. This would be for everything. <laughs> yeah, so that's. It's up to the town moderator in conjunction with select board. Can, the chair will recognize Jareem. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so I just want to speak to what Jay said. Um, I, I, I agree with Jay, uh, most of Jay's statements, particularly because I am very good friends with Richard Fredkin, who is on the town meeting uh, for Brookline. And he regularly complains about what you're talking about. Okay. And I've even been on one of the calls in the conference um, sometime in the summer. And so they talk about everything. <laughs> everything. Even things that, it's, it's ridiculous. And they do have um, sort of follies that go on. And he talks about it all the time. So yes, I'm, I'm on the same page with you. That's all I have to say. <laughs> But would any town meeting member here say that they experience that when they're at town meeting? People sort of talking about what's going on in the world, and I grew some great tomatoes. And Absolutely. At this last meeting, there was one town oh, meeting okay. member who stood up and took an entire hour by saying things, saying, I'm, I'm raising a point of order, and then not raising a point of order, but just discussing whatever was on that town meeting member's mind, took an entire hour. But, but that wouldn't be solved by this. That wouldn't be solved by the rule we're talking about tonight. The last town meeting, you're saying? Well, yes. Well, I just showed the data. The longest was 14 minutes and 60, 16 seconds. We're, I mean, you were at the last town meeting. Yeah. The, a full hour, the first hour of one of those sessions was taken up by a member who said they were raising points of order, but they were really just whatever was on that member's mind, and that, that took up an hour. But that, would not, but that would not be addressed by this. That would not be addressed by calling the question. So where does would, that leave us? Would not that 10-minute 
um, rule that's been added 10 years ago not take effect? And the moderator should have said, oops. Well, I've also, is he here? No, he's down talking well, to he the tech guys. Um, <laughs> the, moderate, and I'll, the, the moderator has often said something along the lines of, if somebody is going out of bounds, the moderator will say, I'll give you some leeway. I'll be nice. I'll be generous. Well, being nice to one person is taking away from 250 other people. Um, but again, that wouldn't be addressed. No, I think the things that slow down our meetings and the things that cause a lot of time and a lot of frustration are not the things that we be solved by changing this rule. And I, I, so, I don't know. May I ask Mr. Milano a question? Would you be available for a question? If I can answer it, of course. <laughs> yeah, <you can. laughs> okay, so after listening to, and I'm not sure who now, Tom, but I mean, whoever brought this up. I, asked, I did ask people, do you get the impression that by the chair of the Warren Committee standing up for five minutes and saying, Boop, we're going to wrap this, that it, that does interpret that that's it. Debate is cut off at that point. I don't feel comfortable answering that because okay. I, I haven't... I'm, you haven't I'm encountered that. Meeting. I haven't encountered it. Can we, find not a Mr. Moderator, so. can we find Mr. Hiss? Steve. Yeah, can I just say maybe we should defer this debate until we have clarification from, on that? Maybe it's. Mr. Hiss? Uh, I don't know if it's. Could you. It's find Mr. Hiss? Is it well, going to affect our vote here? I mean, if it's a question that we want answered as part of our conversation and our Hiss will know this one. We should ask him to come back in and ask him what is his understanding of how does this actually play out? If we could just war game it out, walk us through. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do here. And I how does it actually play out? I was just going to say, I think one thing that I keep reminding myself, because I think we, a lot of us have strong opinions I, I think either way, it's not going to be something that affects the majority of how town meeting is run. Right. Uh, like, no matter what the outcome of this is, like, this really does only come into play sometimes, I would, like, pretty rarely. Oh, yeah. Bob, yeah. we have yeah. a question, please. Sure. For if you could just please, like, walk us through, step by step, how rules section seven as it exists, plays out specifically when we get to the chairman of the Warrant Committee, what does it mean to may speak again to close the debate? Does the does chairman of the Warrant Committee stop debate? What does that mean, speak again to close the debate? What is your understanding, please? That they're the last speaker recognized by the moderator before you go to the vote. So the moderator manages the process, opening and closing debate. Um, this, did, did you hear the alternate interpretation? Yeah, that was me. Not completely, no. That's okay. And that's okay. <laughs> that's okay, because it's so, that, so that, does anyone, based upon that, have any further questions for Mr. Hiss with regards to this issue that we had here? So the, the chair of the Warren Committee does not actually close the debate. How do you know that he's going to be last, to be the last speaker when the debate closes? Because I will count um, one five minutes per person, and everyone speaks once after that motion occurs. Once that's done, and nobody else is uh, standing up, 
That's okay. Thank you. Debate's over. We'll now hear from the chair of the Warrant Committee. Okay. Warrant Committee speaks for, summarizes whatever the thing is, and then we go to a vote. Okay. So as it reads, and, and I do admit that it's not crystal, crystal clear in the way the words were put together. It does appear, and to some others that I asked, that it's the Warrant Committee chair who makes the decision to close the debate. But he closes the debate upon your, that's what, and we didn't understand that. The chairman of the Warrant Committee would have to ask to be recognized by the town moderator. So at this point, when the chairman of the Warrant Committee seeks to be recognized by the town moderator, you can guess what's coming. Yeah, I think of it as the closing chapter of the book. <laughs> Okay. The moderator closes the book. Okay. Everybody stops reading. Okay. We're the last chapter in the story. All right. So uh, I, Mr. Hess, I request to be recognized. You were right. Well, not really, but it, it, it was hard to nail it because it just the way it was worded seemed may speak again to close the debate, but we don't hear anything about the moderator. Do you know, we only hear about the Warrant Committee chair. So it was, um, you know, some people thought this, some, it, it's inter it seemed interpretive, and no one could, I go, well then, it says there, the, you know, he can close the debate. So, so thank you, does anyone else have any further questions no for Mr. Hess? Thank you, Mr. Hess. Okay, okay. thank you. Is there any further discussion? Anything new? I, I have a question. It's sort of for Tom, but it's sort of for all of us to think about. When I was thinking back as to when would this have been used? As I said, for the in-person meetings, I haven't seen any opportunity for this to be used that I feel strongly about. But I started right after the CVS Temple debate. And I watched some of that on TV. Um, and my, uh, that, that went on for a long time, and people said the same thing over and over. So when I'm thinking back of when, in an in-person meeting, when would this have been used, I thought maybe at the temple debate. And then I thought, what would that have meant if someone had called the question during the temple debate? That would have meant there are a lot of temple members, you know, what I saw on TV, a lot of temple members getting up and saying, here's what my temple means to me. Now, me sitting at home being grouchy, I thought, yeah, we've already heard that. But what if we had cut off debate? Um, Tom, you were there in person. Do you have any thoughts? Like, and I, I, it's sort of a loaded question. It's, it's sort of a loaded emotional question that maybe is leading to an answer, and maybe I shouldn't do that. But what if we had cut off that temple debate? Would that have made things better or worse for the town? Sorry, I don't mean to put you on the oh, spot, no, I, but I think you may it, have been the only person who's there in person. I think based upon my previous statements, I think it made things worse. You think? I think that cutting off that debate makes, would make things worse. Would have made things worse. I, I, the way I perceive town meeting, and this is just from my shoes. Uh -huh. you know, people might have different ideas, but it is like, and, I, and I'm now, now I'm repeating. <laughs> repeating my ideas. <laughs> it's free and open debate, you know, yeah. and I'm willing to take, you know, I am the time to sit through and listen. Yeah. And I, you know, like I said, sometimes it is frustrating. 
but it is town meeting and it is the process. Uh -huh. And on that very hot button issue and others, you know, whatever they may be in your mind, uh, school budget, ADU, I mean, we can talk and talk about them, but like, it's, it's allowing, it's allowing the, the representative at town meeting to speak for the 260, 70 people um, who um, they represent. So for me, I think that while it might make for a little more efficient town meeting and everybody get, gets home sooner, I just don't think the issue is fully debated, flushed out, and like I think everybody gets that chance to walk out of town meeting, a winner or a loser, with at least they have their chance to, to say something. You know, and, and uh, like I said, you may see me at town meeting making faces and, you know, I, I get, but like I said, we're all human, but, you know, you have to direct yourself back to what, what are we doing here, you know? And it's, and it's two, three hundred years of history, democracy, a Republican government, so, I don't know, that's, a, that's, that's, that's just how I feel, Jay, in terms of uh, responding to the question. Well, thank you. Is there any further discussion to be had? Hearing no request for further discussion, if there is a motion, the chair will entertain it. Motion to vote. What is the motion? For? For us to make, is it a? So we, our choices are to vote. It looks, the recommendation before us is to approve. So, a vote in favor would approve. Approve for it to be struck, to be struck from the. To be struck. The, to the article. I just wanted to. The Warren Committee is the one that's recommending here. So, it would be the Warren Report prints your recommendation. So, the motion would be to recommend that it pass or not pass. To recommend that it pass, pass. or not pass. And the, so, the article is to strike seven. So if we vote yes, It'd be we strike seven. If we vote yes, we strike seven. Well, hold on. We, we need to, if hypothetically we are not in favor of this, would the warrant committee have to pass a vote saying our recommendation is that the town not do this. I'm not trying to bias anybody. I'm wondering how the so process that works. that motion would be a member moves to vote against, to vote no. Okay. So if that, so this, the, of the motions that can be made, that's two of them. I don't even talk about the other motions that potentially could be made. So I have a question. So. The way the select board left it, they punted it basically. Yes. Okay. Yep. So for us to decide whether or not, okay. yeah. I just want to make sure that that's that we're not saying. Thank you. So are. So, so would it still go to the town to then determine whether or not we're just making our recommendation whether or not it should or yeah. should not be struck? Yes. So okay. this is going to the town. Right. I just want to make sure right. I know what so I'm voting. Quick. Yeah. Quick, quick. So the way it works is that town meeting is the legislative body. Select board is um, executive. It's interesting that 
though town meeting is the legislative body, it doesn't actually draft its own recommendation. So we are representatives, one way of looking at it is we are representatives of town meeting to interface with them on these. So instead of us drafting the recommendation, what we really, what we do is we give our, instead of drafting the article that comes to us, we draft our recommendation to town meeting. So the select board has already approved this to be on the warrant. Okay, so this is going to town meeting. And so what it is, is it's our recommendation to town meeting on how we, as the appointed uh, warrant committee, how we believe they should vote. And the history of the town is that it, it carries weight. Steve. Yeah, I just have a question I should have asked it earlier, but so the selectmen does not have to comment on something that they put forward? I, I've, never, I've never seen that. So I... It's, I think that it is, um, this is, we have not generally seen this, yeah, but, but I think I, I understand what, what they did, like, because we, we're using punting in a derogatory <laughs> I way, yeah. but punting is a <laughs> football, right? The punt or don't punt, or, you know, right? it's, a, it's, a, it's a legal play. Kristen had something to say, so I just oh, um, absolutely. Kristen, I think you Please, just came Kristen. off mute, and thank you, Allison, for noticing. Mm -hmm. Still getting used to the um, Zoom part. No, I didn't want to like interrupt the debate, um, and thank yeah. you. But I was going to make a motion um, to recommend that we vote no on this, um, if anyone wanted to second it, but also like continue the debate. Sorry. Um. There is a motion. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. Vote no. There is a motion. Is there if a, anyone wants to second, to vote. Second. I'll second it. It is, uh, I'll say that that was seconded by Steve. His hand was up. I'm first. sorry. The record will reflect that Judith Steele. No, no. <laughs> I just come from. Okay. So there's a motion. Meetings where 50 people second. That has been seconded. The motion is for no. So we'll do a roll call vote. And if you vote yes, no. you're voting no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I get it. It seems a little tricky. Is there time for just a little more? Because I know, like, the motions with, like, I feel like this is different in that it's, like, yes, the motion no. being made. It's different from the ones where it's, like, a, an amount okay. of money being appropriated. Um, Do you want more time? I would just like to explain that because this is a tough one okay, um, so for me, and I'm, so I want to make a like motion to, to suspend the vote and to reopen debate. Y yeah. Okay, so we're not so we're not moving the question. We're gonna give <laughs> we're gonna give you. In the past, there's been like a motion, a second, and then is there any discussion? Okay. Yeah. Oh, so further Perfect. discussion. Discuss. So, so motion so is then motion we is still will is there vote. any further discussion? Don't we have to vote on the first one that we seconded? We We're discussing it. Well, I think it's that we will do the vote. We just can say, because I, like, because there's been a specific motion, I just wanted to explain how I'm going to vote and why on this motion, because before I didn't know what the motion would be, if that makes sense. Yeah, we're discussing um, the motion. So I just want to explain that it's, because it is, it's hard. And I think to me, like there is no perfect way and there are pros and cons to both of these approaches. And it's hard because I think either way, in some ways it's limiting speech because it's, 
like if if this were a simple majority, I would be like, no way does a simple majority uh, move the question and end debate. In some ways, though, I think two thirds of town meeting members voting in support to move the question is a form of speech. And it's a lot of people speaking to say that they feel ready. And I just wanted to share that again, it's, it's a tough one, um, but that is kind of what led me to where I am. Um, so I just wanted to share that because again, like now that there's a motion, I can share kind of like and think about how I'll vote on that one. I think that's sort of what I was trying to say before, not as eloquently as you did, which was if everybody voted to move the question to your point, then that is people giving their opinion. You know, to them it's saying this doesn't, we're all, we're all in agreement, we all, uh, you know, we're all about moving forward. But if, if there is a lot more discussion or thought around it, then that vote, then it wouldn't move forward to close the debate. So that's sort of where that's I am with you, which is like, it won't pass if it's not, it, the, the question won't be move, moved if, it's, if not enough people feel like it's ready to be. So that's why I feel like that two thirds, that's when people have had their opportunity to speak, everybody's sort of ready, and then that vote sort of says everybody's ready. So, I'm, I, and I do see it both ways. I just, that's where my head was about once it's that, you know, once it's that majority vote. Yeah. I, so I, I understand that, but in the group is speech, but that's group speech versus individual speech. Yes. So mm -hmm. I, I give greater weight to the latter as opposed to the group. So that's in terms of my process, but it's a great point. It, it is. What if it's also called too quick? And even though the group is, but the individual, to his point, doesn't get a chance to speak. That, that's a concern of mine, too, is some, some late speakers. I can think of some town meeting discussions where some late speaker comes up and makes everything clear. Mm. When, you know, we didn't know we needed it to be clarified. Clear. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I have the concern too. I think my hope would be because it's a high bar that if it was early, you're not gonna, you're just not gonna get right. the two thirds. I think if, I mean, hearing what Jill mentioned earlier about, like, there have been times when it's worked. There have been times where it's failed, or, you know, passed or failed. Um, that like people. It's like you need that unification at a high bar on moving forward. So it could be people who are going to vote yes and no, agreeing that they're ready to vote. But I would think that it's pretty hard to get two-thirds to say we're ready. Well, uh, sorry. Early and late is sort of subjective. And we saw the graphs. A lot of things only have two, three speakers. So something might have had two or three speakers, everybody thinks, okay, this is a pretty boring one, let's move on with our lives. But then that fourth speaker has something to say that would illuminate things. Yeah. But would someone make the motion in that case where it's probably not. moving along? Probably not, And that's no. what I think. No. Like I have that faith in people no. and my neighbors <laughs> that they wouldn't do no, that. you're right. It'll get made when things are really dragging. Can I ask a question? How long have you been a town meeting member? I'm not a town meeting member, oh, so oh. I'm just resident. All oh, right, no, 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 I'm curious. So just I kind of just watch. I just, <laughs> I was in June, so I was on it. And can I ask a question of Ms. Clark? How long have you been a town meeting member? 
This will be my third year. Okay. Yeah. So you did have, you were here for in-person meetings? No. I have never oh, not at all. And do you think, is your main objective, it's too long, too many people speak redundantly? I think it's the redundancy more than the length. Um, and, I, and I, if I can, I'm, sorry. Um, I, I have spoken with town meeting members that have said similar things about the, the Zoom aspect and that like they really wish they had this tool on Zoom. It wasn't as much of an issue in person. I haven't experienced an in-person meeting in Milton. Okay. It's a tool. Thank you. Yeah. So can I just, and I know that, and I'm not arguing one way or another, I'm just, as I'm thinking it through, I know the question was, well, this was an anomaly, us being, you know, because of COVID, but the bylaws aren't just for, like, one time or another. So if that is it, or if for whatever reason it was on Zoom for three years, you know, that's a very applicable argument that, you know, so yes, ideally we would all love it in person, but we don't know that it will always be in person. And so I think it's looking at it through the lens of both, both ways of having the meetings. I think it's just helpful to think of it that way, knowing the way that it went. Can I just ask one more question? So this was presented from the select board to be put in the, into the warrant. Why wasn't somebody here from the select board speaking to it? I know you, you're behind it, but I don't understand that. It goes back to, is it a petition request or is it a select board request? And if it's a select board request, then they should come present and have a, have a comment. All of these were presented by the select board. Yeah, everything is from the select board. No, no, but it's, it's different. This is, this is a bylaw change. Yeah, so they, they're, they bring the warrant forward, but they, they particularly recommended this, but they're not recommending it. Right. it I've never seen this before, that's all. It seems like it's, I don't know, not above, above board for, as far as I'm concerned. And I watched the debate when they were debating it internally, and it was a very heated debate amongst the select board. I would just say I think this is where I feel like it's, it's hard and people have strong opinions, but I, I think everyone's approaching this in good faith. Yeah. I think everyone's yeah. being above board. I think it's unusual. Like when we were talking about the things, it's, it's different in that it's like everything else is like appropriate money, do this. And this is like, how do we run the process? So I, I think it has this different feel because it's like, how do we, how do we get the business done? Um, but I think, like, I would go back to, Jay, what you said about citizens' petitions. I'll admit I bristled a little bit about the idea of them being amateurish. Sorry. I think it's that it's first draft sec or yes. second draft that then gets signed. And what I've seen over the first two years being on the warrant committee is, like, it's such a process. And, like, the language, one of my big issues with government is, like, the language is often kind of archaic, which makes it confusing. And then there are all these, like, unintentional consequences or different, in, like, it's so open to interpretation, which means, like, you need, like, 10 iterations. And a citizen's petition does not work with that model because it's yeah. as is. So I think it's just, like, the select board process allows, like, that iteration process of getting it to, like, I'm in agreement there. with that. Yeah, that yeah. you saw it much more eloquently yeah. than I. But I don't think it's like, I don't think anyone's not being above board here. It's what I would just. Yeah, I, I put agree. Forward. Yeah, it's been public since early August. 
Speaking of getting business done, <laughs> there is a motion. <laughs> Are we prepared to vote on the motion? Yes. As a reminder, the motion is to not approve the proposed change to the article. So a vote yes is a vote no <laughs> to the change. Okay, just right? Not these ones. Did you open to law school, huh? Okay. <laughs> yes, please. Thank All right. you. Oh, wait, wait. Can you, can, you, can you clarify this? <laughs> <laughs> is it no? Because I'm setting it in my, yeah. If you vote in this case. Yes. If you vote yes. And this isn't going to go through. And this doesn't go through. So, so the vote is. But it's not recommended. Keep the rules the same. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. That's correct. Keep the rules the same. The vote will be the vote. There's going to be a vote. If you, the, if someone has moved that we vote no. no to the change. So if you vote yes to the motion, the, no to the, the effect is no <laughs> to the change. Yeah. You know, that sounds seems so, thank, really you, weird. thank you, Mr. Chairman. And it will appear. <laughs> I, I thought I had it five minutes ago. Like, but. Take, take everything I just said. There's one of these every time, yeah. and it's just as confusing every time. And it will appear leaving us to go to the town meeting saying no. We recommend. Right, and then town meeting will have to decide what they want to do. They just our recommendation. make their own vote with our recommendation. They'll get to choose for themselves. Being that they should vote. Okay. All right, are we ready? Yeah, Thomas says it. <laughs> Thomas. Yes. Dream. Yes. Jay. Yes. Lori. Yes. Allison. Yes. Stephen Rhines. Yes. Steve Geister. Yes. Uh, Kristen? Yes. It's gonna say no. Thank you, Kristen. All right, Judy. Um, yes. Amanda. Um, yes. I was still in a no. And Dave. Okay, so after full consideration and debate upon the issue, there's a vote by the Warren Committee. The yeses have it on the motion that the Warren Committee not support the change to Chapter 2, and our recommendation would be that the town meeting should vote no. Thank you. Joe Clark, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Thanks a lot. So when do we have to write our comments by? Right. So... Um, uh, as of course, right? I'm out of. I'm away, beginning Sunday, so Emily will be acting warrant committee chair in my absence. A warrant committee chair to be feared. <laughs> <laughs> so when she says she wants your comments, you better get your comments, <laughs> right? It's true. Yeah. I think that like the deadline, they want this done by November 1st. We don't, the articles go to the printer on the 2nd. The um, full warrant report goes to the printer on November 10th, but we'll need it 
several days before that. Um, so what day? Just lie and say earlier than you need it. Yeah, no, so. Please tell me the pretend deadline to make sure we get it by the real one. Half of the print is, so the 7th is a Monday, so the 4th is a Friday before that, so November 4th. November 4th, okay. like it's, it's a little, it's a lawyer only. All right, so we need to go over who who's doing the comments for each. What are you saying? Is that called a green sheet? No. I think that's only if no. something has to be issued after. Right. Thank you for that clarification. The newbies do stand out, don't they? <laughs> Some of their questions. Can, can I ask our longest serving town meeting member to address the last one that we were discussing? Oh, sorry. Would you please? I didn't mean sure. Elvis. Yeah, thank you. And we yeah. can work together. Sometimes, sure. sometimes yeah, some it works if people work together. Someone will understand Just it. a new guy, so I, but I, I would gladly, gladly do it. And you know, however uh, you want me to All say right, it. That probably wasn't my place to say. I just felt moved <laughs> by I the moment. I think if they just, oh, if you just good. email them to me, then and then I'll kind of aggregate them. Yeah, and and we've we have a lot of summary information, especially for the four that our staff have worked on. So. For whoever's assigned those, we have a lot of summary information. I know Marina already drafted some, Tim drafted some, I have some, so we can facilitate and help. Um, but if you want to collect and get them over to me, then I can go ahead. I'm happy to help out on number seven. If you want to work on it together, I think it's going to be a tough write up. Yeah. yeah. And, and is my practice has been when I'm writing comments, is I will often, I'll draft, you give myself plenty of time, I will draft my comment and then send a courtesy copy to the relevant department head for their, um, for their review. Oftentimes it just comes back with very little, um, but, but sometimes it comes back with a little bit more because uh, the people work very, very hard on this. And um, we should never take for granted that just because the work committee gives a recommendation that, w that the town meeting isn't gonna drill down and ask lots of questions. Um, so, you know, I would encourage people to, to, to feel free to put lots of detail in. Can I clarify? Because I don't know if we did clarify. Now, we were mostly unanimous on things tonight, but when we write a comment, it's my understanding and my hope that that comment says, here's how the warrant committee voted and why, and not on the one hand, but also on the other hand. Right. When I'm in the minority, I'll be regretting this, but I think that's what we're can I follow up that I just know in one of the last town meetings that created a lot of con that that opened up a whole new can of worms mm -hmm. the split vote and then it was well why did you you know land, land, land swap yes, yes. Oh, okay so a hot button but I remember because I had never seen a comment right. ever like that where it was just saying how people voted so um, you know, I was thinking about that as so I became a member so, of how we would handle so it's, it's, so we want some balance because, like, sometimes you do need to discuss the issues, right? You need to lay out the issues. I think it's going to be, and so a lot of this is going to be an art. I think it's important for the Warren Committee to speak with one voice and so that the, the comment should clearly indicate this is our position, this is our vote. One of the reasons why I'm abstaining from these things is that if it comes up in the Florida town meeting where the question goes to the chairman of the Warren Committee, where does the Warren Committee stand 
You know what I get by my cockies. To be able to say this is what we said. I think oh the, the other thing that caused lots of issues with that one statement was I think not only that, but I think we actually put down like numbers of how the, the vote broke down. I think one that was a criticism of us, and maybe it's warranted, is that no matter what our what our vote was, even if it was close and carried by one, at the end of the day, you know, the eyes have it. That's the vote. You know, it's like we're talking about football before. You either win or lose. At the end of the day, people are like, ah, it's a close game. But you lost the Super Bowl. You lost the Super Bowl. Right? So they want us to speak clearly. Where do we stand on this? Thank you. I, I know it's issue. I'm sorry, Ms. Yeah. Issue by issue, what's the average length? Is that something we're not concerned about in the comments? This is just a general. It varies because, like, for instance, on some of the budget stuff, on some of the budget issues where we're basically just, like, we're, like, we're going to see that tomorrow night in PEG where we're basically just, because of numbers being what they are, it goes from here to there. It's not going to be a book. It's going to be very explanatory that this is an accounting situation we have to address. With regards to something like, I don't, even, I, I don't have a, a, but you see, like, the warrant is like this. Right, it's like this. Like it, you could have a full the right there. single. Yeah, I mean. Oh, the big one. That's right. They they made them in big, uh, like senior, so that people my age oh, read them. The 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 yes. You can get that yes. at the town. Like that's how work office. Office. Okay. Uh, it should be mailed yeah, to you. Yeah, you I'm not at town okay. meeting. Oh, okay. As a warrant committee, we'll get it too. We'll get it. We'll oh. Get it. So the warrant committee. We can review what we did. Okay. Or didn't do. Yeah. Or should have done. No, these are. I mean, we all agreed on all this stuff, so this is easy. Oh, that's cool. And they mail them to us. Or we go pick them up. Uh, I don't remember last year. I think they mail mailed to you. but I think it will. Yeah, you have to go pick it up. Oh, really? Sure. That's what it was. You should be on the special list. Yeah, we should have all of them. I think anybody can go and get a copy of it. So yeah, they, they, they used to mail it out to every town. Yeah. Should we go from the top? They don't, they don't send them in titles. Send Charlie to get them. I think there only is one. I think they used to be little. No. So do we want to? So I think we're still assigning. Over the other articles. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. I need to make this easy. Number one is going to be next week. Number one is going to be PEG in, in the likely event that that gets passed. Yeah. Wait a minute. Number one, no. we did tonight. Yeah. 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 Maybe we should do the ones tomorrow, tomorrow like we can assign right. them yeah. after. All right. So one is, that's easy. I mean, yeah, that should be a parent. Yeah. yeah. So, who, like, it might not be a bad idea if somebody, if somebody or a group of people could do, like, say, one. And two and three. Right. You know, if one, two, and three. You know, it wait, it's just, it would be like an explanation of what it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. What is Pretty much. You know, and then if it's like sort of like required by law and we're gonna get all the money back, <laughs> mention that. I'm happy to do one. The J's on one. 
take the lead on the one, two, three? No. <laughs> well, I said I want to do one. <laughs> Would any of the returning members um, like to take a person under their wing to see how this is done so that they're not passing on extra work to you? Uh, could be learning how to do it themselves. I, the easiest way is just go look at an old warrant and see what's kind of similar and use the similar the language. And just, well, you can go online. They're all online. Okay. They have them at the Milton Library, too. They are. They are. <laughs> Especially, like, because I think that, like, MWRA and is MWRA come up every year? Yes. So they said yeah, you would be able to yeah. find yeah. a yeah. on MWRA probably from last year. Not, not last year, but the year before. The year before, be in there. before yeah. and just change the numbers. Yeah. I'll take that one. I'll take that one. I said first. Oh, do you guys want to work together? Sure. Yeah, we'll do it. Right? Yeah. Okay, which Great. one is that oh, again? I'll number. That. I'll do the research. Uh, <laughs> I'll take all the answers. Which okay. number is that? <laughs> okay, that's number that's two. Okay. WRA, just find an old one, change the numbers. <laughs> right. I mean, really. Yeah, I know, I know. Don't reinvent the wheel. Plagiarism. <laughs> they're online. Oh, they're online. That is not. No, no, I just didn't expect to see that. Copy this book I've seen tonight. Okay, thank you. I didn't know it would be. You know, lead, lead service line. Somebody want lead service line? Like, I would. Um, Good. I'm, I'm an engineer. Thank you. I am not an engineer. All right. Four. You got four? Oh, nice. Okay, great. And then, you know, just as a reminder, the date for the comments is November 4th. So please try to. November 4th? I think so. Um, because if they wanted to. Oh, no. I thought he said November 4th. I don't know. I mean, that's said. No. Yeah. But I would say if it could be November 3rd so that I'm not panicking, because if it's November 4th, I will be panicking. Thursday? <laughs> I'm going to shoot for November 1. Oh, oh, oh. Speaking of November, Mr. Chair, Mr. Chair, speaking of early November. Speaking of early November, the first Saturday in November in Sharon, there will be a meeting of the Massachusetts Finance Board's committee, not committee, um, a gathering? What's the word I'm looking for? Rendezvous? <laughs> seminar? Not seminar. Uh, session. Symposium. Symposium. Sure. So Saturday, and I can send the information around, um, it's the Massachusetts Finance Committee groups, and they have an annual meeting, and it's in Sharon, so not too far away. It's on a Saturday. What else do we have to do on a Saturday? Uh, and uh, I've registered for it. So um, they've got one session that is like fi Town Finance 101, what do you need to know if you're a new Finance Committee member? I'm going to that one. Thank you. Um, have I... Is what I say. Yeah, I will send it around. That that will be clearer than whatever I'm saying now at 10:30 at night. <laughs> they move to adjourn.
Is it seconded? Second. Second. <laughs> we got to do a roll call vote. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Can't run yet. Okay. And it was Steve, you made the motion, right? Yes. Allison, you seconded it. Okay, Thomas. Yes. Dream. Yes. Day. Yes. Lori. Yes. You sort of were. Allison. That's okay. Steve, Stephen Rines. Yes. Steve Geister. Yes. Okay, and Kristen. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Judy. Um, yes. Amanda. Yes. I'm a yes. Dave, yes. you have to say yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. See you tomorrow. But I think that, you know, 